Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 118 of the Pause.com Entertainment Podcast. We are your hosts, Tony. And I am Lou. How you doing today, Tony? I am well. Yeah, you know, I'd like to remind everybody that this episode of the Pause.com Entertainment Podcast is brought to us by Yumbly, where you can search menus and restaurants to find exactly what you're hungry for. Yum! <laughs> Blanking. Come on, any voice. I'm blanking. Um, Pick any voice. I'm hungry. <laughs> and who, who was that exactly? Uh, it was going to be Jerry Seinfeld, but then it didn't come out very well. I gotcha. Also available in the App Store, you can get the Yumbly app for your iPhone, iPad, or iPod Touch. Uh, the official launch of that will be uh, around the end of this month, but you can grab it now and be ahead of the game. Um, I don't know why I'm hungry. <laughs> Because you haven't used Yumbly, that's why. Uh, so, do we have any? Uh, do we have any comments? Do we have we any do. listener correspondence? We what do we? What do we got going on uh, from the Stritch, people from the masses? I, this is Stretch, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Stretch <laughs> says, "I know you guys are hesitant about revealing too much in your discussions about films and TV, but you should consider a little bit more instead of both agreeing it was good or bad, and we'll discuss it later." As Tony always says, it, it is an entertainment podcast. I so agree with you a hundred percent. And we are going to talk about do. Skyfall also, in depth later. I would just, and, and we and, just won't give away major. Spoilers. Yeah, we won't give away major spoilers, but we will talk about like the movie surprises. Right, we won't surprises. Give away surprises. Like that. Oh my god! Like that one part where that guy's like boo, and everyone was like ah. We won't talk about that. unexpected deaths. We'll try not to talk about those. And uh, but yes, we'll talk about it in depth. Um, Bruce Willis was a ghost the whole time. <laughs> what if people haven't seen that yet? <laughs> I ended up not liking that movie. That's a great movie. Uh, it's not I great. I mean, yeah, if you go back, there's inconsistencies. Like... No, I mean, it's terrible. Once you know okay, the end of the movie, extreme. it's terrible. There's absolutely no way that that could have actually been a surprise to him. If you go back and watch the movie again. While I knowing... agree with you, I don't think it's a bad movie. I do. Because, because if the surprise makes the entire movie that came before it fall apart, I think it's a bad movie. So I still think Signs was his best movie. It was a great film. Signs is a good movie. It's a very great film. Um, and I didn't hate, uh, what's it called? The Village? What's it called? Well, The Village was one. Oh, then that's it. <laughs> I didn't hate that. I didn't either. I thought it was good. Yeah, I thought it was I good mean, too. I mean, I wasn't surprised by the end because no, I, I already assumed right. that that was going on. But I thought it was still, you know, in the context of the film, I thought it was great. Yeah. That was great. It was very, like, tense. Um, yeah, it was a good movie. Uh, okay, so so any other comments and correspondence? Gene uh, yes. would like to know, did we discuss Flight already? I have not seen it. I have not seen it either. Okay, so, so no, no. We, we haven't discussed it, <laughs> and we will not be discussing it anytime uh, soon. She says, Scandal and Revenge have a few similarities in those pulling the strings groups. Okay. Um, I will talk about Revenge. Are you watching Scandal still? No. Okay. No. Um, She's talking about the initiative on Revenge, which has put a whole new twist and turn on the show. And it's good? Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah, you really need to watch Fringe. Uh, yeah, but right now I'm okay. I'm yeah, reading. Anyway, but I'm reading right anyway, now. So I don't mean right this moment. Can't do it right now. No. Um, she also wants to know if either of us have heard anything about the details. The son of a high school friend is behind the movie. Uh, I do not think I've heard anything about that. Have you? I have not either. I looked it up. Yeah. Apparently, the Tobey Maguire is in it. The Tobey Maguire. That's all I know. The Tobey Maguire. The, the Tobey Holy Maguire. moly! Yeah. Um, what about top? The new Top Chef. I've only seen the first episode last I week. I didn't see any. last night's. I have them taped. Yeah. Or recorded. On on your Betamax. Yeah, right. 
have them recorded, yeah. have not watched them. I'm fine with people saying So, Gene, I, I'm sorry that we can't discuss anything that you want us to discuss. <laughs> I'll talk a little bit about Top Chef. Okay. Um, I, I'm fine with people still saying taped. You know what I mean? Uh, it's like when people say record or album. It's like, you, you get well, it. album makes sense. And so does record, al- because it's a record of their performance. Sure. Either one still makes sense. Sure. Um, but there's some people like, what's that? Like, really? You can't figure it out? Then you're too stupid to listen to music. Go away. That's how I feel. Wow. That's how I feel. Um, anything else? That's it. All right. You want to get right into video games? Okay, okay. I haven't really played much. Well, you played a lot of stuff. No, just let's, three. Let's hear about... That's a lot. Just three with long titles, so it looks oh, like a lot. Yeah, that's true. Um, I have been playing uh, Need for Speed Most Wanted, which is the new Need for Speed game. And that's the one that has real cars in it? Yes. Oh, I like that. And it's open world, much like uh, Burnout Paradise. And I'm really enjoying it. Um, is it as pretty as Burnout Paradise yes. was? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's gorgeous. Yeah. And there, a lot of really cool, like, atmospheric effects. Oh, that's like, cool. Um, is there snow? Leaves. and uh, oh, I leaves. haven't seen snow. Rain. Yeah. When rain. it rains, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, is it hard, a lot harder when it rains? It's slippery. Does, is it? You yeah. can tell? Yeah. And, I mean, is your visibility bad? Or yeah. Or do the wipers work pretty good? Um, I don't remember there being wipers. There seems, might not be wipers. Seems like a problem. <laughs> If it's raining, you should probably use wipers. I don't think there are wipers now that you Maybe it's it. just clear. Um, I mean, the windshield stays clear. But your your line of visibility is, is reduced. a lot. Right. Sure. Um, a lot of fun because each car – now, here's what's cool. You find the cars just parked in areas, right. and then you can just drive up to the car and switch cars. It's just like in Beverly Hills Cop. Sure. Don't you remember when she walks up to her car? He goes, is this your car? She goes, oh, no, here in Beverly Hills, we just drive whichever one is closest. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Um, so if you see a car, you know, you'll know that you can drive that car because there are other cars too, just parked there, but you can, you know that you can drive this car because the logo for the car is like, is like hovering above the car. Right. So you see like a Ford logo, you know, you can take the car. Right. And, uh, so you drive up and what's cool about is each car has five different, uh, race challenges. Okay. And there's like 60 cars. So wow. You do the math. math. (laughs) Um, that's like 50 challenges. uh, No, it's more than that. (laughs) Um, and you know, they range from, you know, easy to hard. And when you get, uh, when you win gold in each of these races, you get upgrades to the car. Oh, that's cool. So then when you do like the next race, it's easier. It's easier. Hopefully. Right. Unless you're a buffoon. They also have a list of, uh, top 10 most wanted cars, which are like the really like yeah the cool cars. The Lamborghini Aventador. Right. Stuff like right. that. And, uh, so when you get to, you, uh, amass these speed points just by like, you know, driving oncoming traffic or winning races. You win points for doing all kinds of things in the game. You can get points in real life for driving, but it's usually bad points. Yeah, these are good points. <laughs> okay. So um, you need a certain amount of points to uh, get each of those cars on the top 10. And okay. in order to do that, you have to do the race against that car, beat the car in the race, and then destroy the car, like knock them off the road. Wow. So uh, it's really a lot of fun and really challenging. Seems and, counterproductive. Um, well, oh, no, then you get a whole new car. Oh, then they give you a new one. <laughs> So there's but, insurance uh, in the game. That's good. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I haven't played any of the online stuff, which is supposed to be really cool as well. Yeah. Um, and like the, in terms of the size of the world that you're in, would you compare it with Burnout Paradise? I'd say it's it probably even a little bigger. A little bigger? Yeah. yeah. And there's some really cool areas. Like there's an um, old airplane hangar that's kind of like dismantled. Right. So, you know, you can go through tubes and like you can drive actually up the wings of old planes oh, to, that's you know, cool. to jump off of it. It's uh has the same things in Burnout Paradise where you like bust through billboards and security gates. Oh, okay, you do all that. Yeah, it doesn't have um the secret 
It doesn't have like the the crash mode. Yeah, right. Which I loved. I know you weren't a big. Oh, yeah, fan I of wasn't it. a big fan of that. Um, but what's really cool is police play a big part of this as well. Yeah, you're so saying that. whether you're in a race or not, if like if if you happen to pass a police car while you're in a race, then the police become part of the race. Right. So not only do you got to win the race, but you got to like avoid the cops. Yeah. And they'll put you know, depending on what your heat level is, you know, yeah. um, they'll either put down like spike strips or wow. pull in like helicopters that'll come after you. Yeah. And, it's really cool. Are they? Uh, and that can happen whether you're in a race or, or just driving around. Like if you're just you know checking out the world, but like hit a car or speed past a cop, right? All of a sudden the cop becomes part of your you know deal. Are the helicopters piloted by sexy henchmen, like um, in The Spy Who Loved Me? Everything today is going to be related to James Bond somehow. Okay, well you know that now. <laughs> there you go. You've been forewarned or forepleased. Um, but a lot of fun and like, do the helicopters shoot at you or do they just try to stop you? They try to stop you. I mean, what you're trying to do then is evade the police. Right. So right. it's harder than you know because than you just take, driving. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and you actually, you're anything you do while you're in a chase, you're amassing speed points. Okay. So, um, so one of the goals is to go through a huge heat level and then completely get away from the cops. Right. And then you get all those points added to your. So now, now if they bust you, you don't get any of your. Points. That's what I was gonna say. What happens if the cops catch you? Then you get arrested. You don't get any of those points. And you have to do it over and, and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you end up... I want to say you end up in a different area. Okay. I think it's the starting area of the car. Gotcha. But um, I don't that know. That sounds cool. For sure. I'm having sounds a lot of fun cool. with it. And I haven't played my Xbox in a long time. And that's what I'm playing it on is Xbox because yeah. I like the controller better. Yeah. Do you have a Kinect? I don't. Oh, okay. I'm thinking about getting one of those because it seems like it'd be cool for my son. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, because I think there's a lot of cool kids stuff for that, but I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's like every time I get something like that, my wife always wants to rearrange the furniture so that it's easier to play. I'm not really, not really into that. No. I'm not really into moving a couch and a table just so you can play a game. Well, you know, they have those, um, like, range, something that extends the range yeah. where you don't have to move furniture. I don't know how well they work. Yeah. But it's like an add-on to the Kinect that well, helps this is like, I don't, I don't think we'd need that, actually. I think in, in our case, he would just go in between the furniture and the TV because oh, okay. there's still like still like eight or ten feet. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't need to move any furniture. That's plenty of space, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because um, if you see, like, have you ever gone into Best Buy and see that yeah, it's they small. have the air? Yeah, it's, it's pretty small. small. It's like five or six feet. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So that should work good. Um, I also, right now, free for PlayStation Plus subscribers is uh, Payday the Heist, Yeah. which is, I guess it's a first-person shooter, but they're all like bank heists. Oh, that's cool. It's so boring. Is it really? Yeah, because it's a it's, great idea, though. It's a great idea, but there's, you know, it just, it's too linear. Yeah. It's like, now you've got to go to this room and get this, you oh. know, explosives yeah. to blow up the vault. Why and... not just do it for me and let me watch? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was so bored with it. I didn't get through the first bank heist. Yeah. Um, apparently, it was, um, it's multiplayer as well. Yeah. Like, I just played the single player where the other people on your team are AI and the cops are AI. Right. So it's probably more fun as a multiplayer, but you know, yeah. I'm not really into all that with the 12 year olds. I berating me. <laughs> I hear you. Um, and then I've been, it's playing, not comfortable when that happens. It's not. And then I've been playing angry birds, star Wars. Yeah. Hours of angry birds, star Wars. I really love it. Is it great? I love it. Now is it still birds and pigs? Yes, but the birds are characters and different characters have different, like but, powers. I mean, do they still look like birds, or do they look like R2-D2 and, you know, stuff? Now, like R2-D2 and C-3PO look like maybe eggs. 
as okay. R2D2 and C3PO. Okay. But the characters like Han Solo and Chewbacca and that, they're they're birds, but they're they look like them. Yeah. Right. I mean I'll show you on the break. Right. Okay. But um but been having a lot of fun with that. Uh now is it kind of like Angry Birds space where there's all the like gravity yeah. and okay. And on some levels, like when you're on Tatooine, no. Oh, okay. But when you're around the Death Star, like some of it takes place in space, some of yeah. it takes place on the Death Star. That's pretty cool. And then the Return of the Jedi one um, is kind of in the swamp. Okay. And uh, there's just got, there's cool little things that happen in it. Like for example, if you get to a level with uh, Darth Vader, like Darth Vader will be using like the Force to hover all these objects up in the air, and then once you kill Darth Vader, all those objects fall and destroy oh, okay. everything below it. Right. But you know it's always a challenge to kill Darth Vader, right? Um, and so there's Tatooine, there's the Death Star. For two dollars more, there's the Jedi level, which are the swamp levels. And Hoth will be a level; it'll be a free upgrade that's coming out soon. It says, but it's not available right now. Oh, that's pretty cool. Who doesn't love Hoth? Uh, I know who doesn't love Hoth: George Lucas, which is why he calls it Hoth now. Really? Yeah. We're going to talk Star Wars later, too. We are going to talk Star Wars Obviously, all later. that news came out. Right. Actually, all that news came out like the day after we recorded the last right. episode. So. Right. So we didn't get to talk about it right. before. Um, I have actually been playing a little Angry Birds space. My son was introduced to Angry Birds, and now everything for Christmas that he wants is like Angry Birds related. Oh, really? He wants plush. He wants jewelry. He wants whatever. <laughs> Underpants, whatever. Every, everything that comes with Angry Birds, that's what he wants for Christmas, and he loves it, and he plays it all the time. Um, and in fact, he got an Angry Birds, like physical Angry Birds game where it has all these little boards and the pigs and a little catapult and the birds uh-huh. and you build the castles and then you try to fling the birds with oh, the catapult to fun. knock it down. I had to take that away from him this morning because he was having a temper tantrum about something. So, uh, he will not be playing that for the rest of the day. However, um, he just like is so into Angry Birds now. So he was showing me Angry Birds space and he wanted help with some of the levels. And it was actually pretty fun. I, I didn't think it was that bad. But I remember not liking the original game. You should really download the Star Wars. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Yeah. I'll check it out. Check it out. It's three bucks. That's expensive. <laughs> it's two bucks for the Jedi levels. And when Hoth comes out, it will be a free upgrade. Yeah. I think you just said that. Yeah. Yeah. Just repeating. All right, then. Do you have any other uh, video game nope. info? Would you like to go on to Miscellaneous? Sure. All right. Um, if you've been a paid Xbox Live member since the beginning, which was back in 2002 on the original Xbox, then check your mailbox because Microsoft has been rewarding longtime loyalists with new 360 consoles and a year of Xbox Live free. What? Microsoft has not revealed how many members are being awarded this generous gift, but there have already been a large number of players who have reported receiving said bonanza. That's amazing. That really is. I mean, that is a bonanza. Yeah. That's a banana. But you've had to have been a paid member yeah. for 10 years. I, you know what's weird, though, is I don't remember having to pay for it when I had my original Xbox. Wasn't it, like, included for a while or something? Um, I know it always came with, like, you know, your first three months free or whatever. Yeah. I probably have not been a paid member the whole time. Right. No, because it was on the... I, I mean, had the you, original Xbox. And you had it hooked up to Xbox Live? I don't remember. I never had mine hooked up. Yeah, Xbox. I don't remember. Um, Halo 4 made $220 million on its first day of sales last week. Unbelievable. Though that number is quite impressive, it does not come close to the opening day sales of Modern Warfare 3, which surpassed $500 million. Half a billion dollars. Yeah. Now, you know... Now, keep in mind, one of the reasons for that is because Halo 4 is only on the Xbox, whereas Modern Warfare 3 is is on on both. 
So now, oh, uh, I'm sorry, finish more, this and then yeah, 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 yeah. Go, go, go. it will be interesting to see how Call of Duty Black Ops 2 sales numbers will compare. It was just released on Tuesday. All right, so here's the deal. You know there's this kind of big divide, uh, at least in the U.S., um, between guys who love video games and girls who, for the most part, don't love video games. Mm-hmm. Now, that's, that's changing somewhat with younger generations. You know, there are more younger women into video games than there ever were in our generation, for instance. Right. But I know a lot of people who are, you know, let's say in their mid-20s and older, women, who, like, roll their eyes and cringe and make weird sounds every time they talk about a guy playing video games, whether it's a friend of theirs, their brother, their boyfriend, husband, whatever it is. It's just, like, this disdain from a lot of women for guys playing video games. And I always wonder if they realize that it's not, like, this weird little geeky niche industry. It's bigger than the film business. Right. I mean, the video game business for years has been bigger than the movie business. It's it's a huge, legitimate part of our society right. and pop culture. And so for you to shun video games and look <laughs> down upon them, casting that stare of ugliness and hatred is both short-sighted and misplaced. <laughs> I am Lou Zuccaro, and we will now continue. Um, Quantum Conundrum is currently free for PlayStation Plus members. What? I had to pay for that. It's- Beep. And finally, Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell is the latest video game franchise that may make the jump to the big screen. Tom Hardy has already been attached to Star. Well, that would be a great, that would make great movies. You know, I've never played a single one of those games. However, love. pretty sure that Tom Clancy wrote The Hunt for Red October, didn't he? I mean, the original yes. story. So I'm all up for more Tom Clancy But even movies. the stories in Splinter Cell are, are good. amazing. Really good. Yeah. yeah. That first that first game, I loved so much. I played that constantly. Yeah. You played the heck out of it? I really did. Yeah. Is that it for video games? That's it. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about TV. Okay, we're back, and it's time to talk about television. Uh, Let's say you want to talk about the music shows first. Yeah. I'm only, like, half watching them, you know? Yeah, you know what? I have to be honest. The performers aren't that exciting to me. They're – you're – I even contacted you last week when there was one great performance. Yeah, um, I don't and it, even... it, I, and I didn't even think she was as good as you did. I mean, I thought no, she was but you good, know, what? But... and you know, looking back on it because I've watched it a couple times since. Yeah, it really wasn't as great as I thought it was. But in comparison, right. to everything else, right. like no one's really been standout. Well, and what was weird too is when X Factor first started this season, it seemed like the talent was amazing. Right, and like and the now, further they've gone yeah. on, it's like are these people getting worse right. over time? What's what's happening? Well, here? I really have an issue now, and I didn't have this issue last year, but I think it's gone too far this year with just the. Overproduced numbers. I mean, with yeah. the dancers. Well, that was remember that was my big complaint effects. last last know, but year. No, it's just it's it, oh my god, it's ridiculous. It, it's People taking, coming down on cranes. Ridiculous. And, yeah, you it's know taking stuff like that. All of the emphasis off of just the voice. Yeah, you know, I, it's funny because to a certain extent, I understand why they want to do that because I think they want to see if what you would went it to be like concert, in the real world, right? Yeah, would you want to see this person perform? Right. And for the most part, the answer is no. Like, the, but I mean, part of that reason is because the they're not to that point yet. Well, right. they're not to that point yet where they can pull off a number like that. Yeah, I mean, it takes time in the industry and you know, yeah. honing and, your skills. Right, right. But 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 there's also a natural a natural you know God given element. To sure, that. but I'm not finding that a lot of these people have that, which is why they're on these shows and not already famous. I mean, you know, you have True. to consider that. Uh, look at, um, you know, on, on the other show on uh, The Voice, like, I really like that guy, Terry, the guy from the UK. 
Yeah. Um, like, I love his voice. I love his style in general. But, like, when he performs... Is he the, the old guy with the long hair? Um, it, it's not long. He's not the guy with the beard. Oh, oh, the guy who sings the rock songs. Right. 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 The guy with the, like, shaggy haircut. Yeah. From Scotland or wherever right. he's from. Ireland, wherever. But but he doesn't have that, like, stage presence. Like, right. his singing is great. Right. But he doesn't have that stage presence. It's like, well, I'd listen to this, but I wouldn't go see him. Right. Because it's just not that interesting. Um, and, uh... And, and and the other thing that's annoying about the voice is just still Christina. She's just so she weird. She doesn't annoy me. I find her entertaining. Oh God, she's so weird. She's always trying to put her boobs in people's face. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, she's constantly putting her boobs in somebody's right. face. And, and and have you ever noticed how she's like really, really, really like hard on most of the girls? And then most of the yeah, guys. Yeah, I have she's noticed like, that. Yeah. yeah. Goes with her rep. Do you remember? Did you watch last season at all? Barely. Do you remember the guy that kind of sang opera? And he went pretty far. He was on Christina's team. No. And they, they I remember they sang a really uh, good duet together. Um, I saw he came into our restaurant last week. Did he sing? No. Oh. In fact, I wouldn't even recognize it was him. One of the girls I work with recognized He him. didn't do like, this burger is great. No. Where are my fries? <laughs> Nothing like that? No. Oh, that's too bad. Um, do you have anything else to say about the voice or expression? not really? No. Just that I'm not that interested. The Walking Dead. Are you ready to talk? About oh, that? the Walking Dead has been yes, just it's crazy the last couple of weeks. Um, and people are coming unhinged. People are coming. Oh, oh my god, Rick is Rick crazy. is Rick is crazy. Rick has lost his uh, marbles. Spoiler alerts. We're gonna give. Yeah, we're gonna give away, away spoiler alerts. Okay, so last week's Walking Dead was insane. Some unknown, unnamed, unseen person, all you see is hands and tools of destruction, was cutting chains off of fences left and right and letting zombies in where they shouldn't have been letting zombies in. Uh, This is in the prison. And so all of a sudden our our gang of buddies is overrun by zombies again and they don't understand what's going on. And they finally find the guy who's responsible, which was, we hadn't seen him before, right? He was some prisoner who was friends with the other prisoners who had been hiding out and apparently wanted to take the the prison back from our group of heroes <laughs> and so infested the whole place with zombies again. Meanwhile, our group of heroes. <laughs> yes. Meanwhile, back at the Legion of Doom. <laughs> but, uh, we don't so, have enough Ted Knight in this podcast. <laughs> no, uh, uh, really, never could be, Tony. Um, but anyway, so, so, so what happens ultimately is that, um, is that I, I hate to say it, but I don't even know the black guy's name. I don't either. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? Yeah. Nobody knows his name. Well, I don't know sure, anybody sure who knows his he name. He knows his name. Well, he probably knows his name. <laughs> I bet the other characters on that show don't even know his name. <laughs> but um, he ends up dying. And then- And then immediately th- replaced with another black guy. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with that? What's up with that? Well, that guy was already there, wasn't he? Wait, yeah. which guy are you talking about? The prisoner, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so now and, and so our group has basically taken those last two prisoners, you know- as part of the group now. Right. They're letting them But they're out. still a little they're leery. They're still leery, yeah. right, and with good reason. Um, but anyway, so the black guy dies, and then Lori goes into labor while they're trying to hide from the zombies in the prison. And the timing up, has never been good. No, her timing and everything about her has always been terrible. <laughs> and uh, and so she goes into labor, and um, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Carl and, uh, and Lauren Cohen's character, Maggie. Maggie, have to, like, basically help 
with the baby and they can't deliver it the normal way because the baby's breached or something like that. So Maggie's got to like cut her open and do a C-section, which was disgusting, which was absolutely disgusting with like a pocket knife. And um, unfortunately, Lori dies. I mean, I guess unfortunately for Carl, <laughs> for Carl and Rick and Rick, <laughs> not really for anybody else. <laughs> and so, of course, the baby, they, they take the baby out, they cut the cord and then Carl has to go and, and kill his mom because she's going to turn. Right. Uh, right about this point is when we hit pause and started discussing, how are they going to feed this baby? Where's this baby going to get water? How are they going to change his diapers? Where are they going to get supplies to raise this baby? I don't think they've thought through any of this. I mean, they've thought through a little bit of it. There's a girl I work with who brought up a really good point. Uh, if you look at a lot of, like, when they're in neighborhoods and stuff, who's been cutting the grass? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> the lawns are like, I mean, it would, they would be ma- like manicure. weeds. Because yeah. at this point, right. it's been a while. Right, right. <laughs> There's Who's blood take- all over everything, but it's very well <laughs> manicured. Taking care of all the landscaping. But so it's like we couldn't figure out how they're going to take care of the baby, and I'm sure that'll be brought up. Well, again. it was addressed on the it, on the one. most recent episode. So when Rick finds out that Lori's dead, he literally like Cuckoo for cocoa bucks, <laughs> big time, loses his mind. And in the most recent episode, he is just going on a zombie killing spree, single handedly. Cleaning the remaining zombies out Between of the prison. Between that scene of him doing it with the axe and Michonne doing it with the with the the sword, the sword, there were some pretty gruesome. It was killings. really, really gruesome and gory and violent and disgusting. Uh, props to the effects people, though. Right. I think those. I think all that stuff is done digitally, right? Um, I would it, imagine it looks like it because I, I think at one point I saw like the middle of somebody's head that was missing, like right. kind of move in relation to their head. So I think it's all done digitally, but it's it's very convincingly done i'm also happy with this most recent episode if we can switch to the other storyline yeah about uh that whole governor and the little town i'm, I'm glad that that's kind of become more interesting it now is with, very interesting especially with him and his like tanks of heads and he's got tanks his, of heads and he's got a, his, he's keeping his daughter his who's daughter zombie turned. right and uh that was really creepy that was really creepy and michonne kind of like caught an air of that right so uh so she wanted to leave and right. take what's the girl's name? Uh, Andrea. Andrea with her, but you know Andrea didn't know all this. But stuff Michonne leaves on. and Andrea stays, and I'm they may have even shown this in the preview for next week, but I'm pretty sure they're going to go out and hunt Michonne down, which doesn't make any sense. Why would they care? That's what I can't figure out is why would they care? Right. So I'm sure we'll figure. But that- I love that feeling because you could just tell you just oh, sympathize with her when she sees them like. The little uh, ring fighting they do with the zombies right. just for entertainment. And she's like, oh, my God, I made a mistake. I should have Right. Left. I should have gone with Michonne. Oh. Yeah. That it was, was crazy. so tense for me. Yeah. Crazy. Because she's totally trapped now. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck getting out of there. That governor is so creepy. He is so creepy because he's way too calm and cool and collected. But I like the whole cultist thing yeah. involved with him. Absolutely. Do we think his name really is Philip? I'm guessing probably not. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So you you haven't seen any Homeland? No, I don't have Showtime. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know. I didn't know if maybe you bought it on iTunes or figured out some other way to get it or something like that. I'll wait till January for the man. That show is just so good. It's like you know, it's like The Walking Dead in a sense, in that a lot of times you feel like you're watching a really well produced film. Um, and it's again just so intense. Um. One of the latest things that's happened is that uh, okay, so the the big thing that's happened so far. No, don't ruin. Okay. Oh, I can't really it. talk about this you because I really it. want to see it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I can't tell you then. Never okay. mind. But let's just sorry, sorry, Stritch, and all you complainers out there. No, I'm just kidding. But sorry that we can't talk about it more. But Tony hasn't seen it. If he had seen it, we'd talk about right. it. 
But um, but needless to say, it is excellent. I, I think we're two episodes behind now, but the five that we've seen so far have been outstanding. Really, really great. And just like so like like you're just it like with The Walking Dead sometimes, you're just on the edge of your seat from the tension, not even like something specific that's happening, just like what could happen, you right. know, what what's gonna happen as a result of this. It's like oh uncomfortable situation. Yes, and very well done. Um so revolution, I have to say, is actually getting pretty interesting in general. Um, but still sometimes the writing is just so terrible. Um in the last couple of weeks there there was an episode where uh where the people were walking to wherever they were going because they're still trying to get her brother back. And um, and they see some kid being taken away by, you know, the, the uh, what's his name? The Monroe bad Republic the bad, bad guy. guys. Yeah. yeah. The militia. And so they, they then they meet up with all these other kids who that guy was the brother of and they vow to, like, help get him back. And, you know, they get into, of course, some bad situations. So in this episode, um, they... Um, they meet up with like the worst guy in the militia, the guy who's like their torture specialist or whatever, and his cronies, and they're trying to flush him out. And so the the militia and the bad guys reveal that they've got um, Nora's uh, sister, and so the sister, you know, they're going to kill the sister if Nora doesn't, you know, turn herself in or turn uh, uh, Miles in, and they want the pendant because now they the bad guys know about the pendants. And so they want his pen, and they want him to to turn himself in. And so um, I think that's her name, Nora, right? You haven't seen any of this, have you? So, but anyway, so here's the dumbest part. So the sister actually ends up betraying her, and and she tells the militia where to go and find Miles and the other people and get the pendant, right? So, um, or, does this pendant have like secret powers? Yes, or it does. The, there are twelve of these pendants. It's what the main guy and his wife um, were working on before the power went out. And they, the twelve pendants together, apparently have the the ability to turn all the power back on. Um, the project, oh, they're power pendants. They they are power pendants. And in fact, what what they did was the pendants were probably responsible for the power going out in the first place. Because there was an episode where they went and and looked, you know, did like a flashback of when they were working on this project before the power went out, and they were trying to make a cheap, clean source of energy for you know third world countries and stuff like that. And they found out that the pendants actually drained power from the grid. You know, as part of the process, it was like a a a bug in the as system. Power pendants tend to do right, but then the military wanted to use it as a weapon, and so we don't really know too much more than that. But obviously, all the power's gone out, so somebody did something nasty. But anyway, so the, randomly, these pendants will all of a sudden like light up, and stuff around them gets turned on. So in one episode, they were hiding in this lighthouse, and the lighthouse went on for like four minutes, and everyone around was like freaking out because they had never seen lights before. Right. And so, um, so the sister betrays her and tells him where to find Miles. And so she's like, how could you do this? And she's like, well, I was bounty hunting. And, you know, they found out that I was your sister. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. How would they find out that you were her sister? Why would you ever give anyone your real name? It's not like they could go online and look up the records. There's no power. There's no nothing. You can make up any name. You could say Unless my name. Unless they have a power pen iPad. Yeah, well, but they don't have that. They could just say my name is, you know, Sally B. Public Person. And... They would never know that Maybe you were Nora's sister. Nora is Nora B. Oh, uh, you know what? I didn't think of that. <laughs> but that's like one of those 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 issues where the writing is just so bad and makes no sense. It's like, why would you have her say that? Why would you? You know, I wouldn't get that? too attached to that show, as you'll see in one of our miscellaneous. Oh, boys, it's probably getting canceled. <laughs> just saying, whatever. Just foreshadowing a little story yeah. I'm going to tell later. Okay. Fringe is is amazing as always. Um, you know, 
uh, this whole season takes place in the future where the observers have taken over and they're trying to like basically figure out how to get rid of the observers so they can get their world back. And um, Peter has now pulled the little circuitry out of one of the observers and put it in the back of his own head, which nobody knows except for Peter and all sorts of bad things are going to happen, but he's getting like some of the observers powers, which is really cool. Um, but the show is great. Uh, we start watching Supernatural Season 7, which actually I'm starting to enjoy because it's kind of going back to the original formula of the show, which is the brothers. You know, there's a new big bad something that's going on uh-huh. um, called the Leviathans. But in the meantime, it's like the brothers going and just like fighting monsters every episode, which is really cool because that's why, you know, I like the show in the first place. So I'm so far, I'm really enjoying it. Um, now, you've. You've seen Modern Family? I have. You want to talk about that? Very funny. Okay. The last couple episodes were really funny. Yeah. Uh, last... It's consistently. It's n- I am never disappointed with that show. Yeah. I have to say, I see you're going to talk about New Girl, and I am not up to date on New Girl, but okay. there, every once in a while, New Girl has a clunker. I have not found that. I've not found a single episode that I didn't think was funny. Well, there are I some just... that I think are much funnier than others, but, yeah. but I've never- Modern Family, to me, is just always so solid. Yeah. And yesterday, uh, there was a storyline where- uh, Claire wants Phil to make some friends, so he makes a friend at the gym, and the the friend at the gym that he makes is Matthew Broderick, who, right? Whose character is gay, and so he thinks that, and Phil's he's actually friends with Cameron, right? Which just Phil coincidentally, know, and, and you Cameron doesn't know, him. right? Right. So he invites him over to watch a football game because they both went to the same right. college, and uh, and Matthew Broderick's character thinks you know it's a date, right? And uh, and what I liked about that, and uh, it's the perfect example of the thing you hate being done right. You know, the whole misunderstanding thing. Right. But it was done right because even at the end, neither one of them really knew. Well, no, Phil did at the very end. Do you think? When he was walking up the stairs, he goes, oh. Like, he f- he figured it out, right? Finally, well, Matthew Broderick kissed him. Yeah. And then he's like, huh. And then he just like, that was, you know, like, huh, that was kind of weird. And then he turns and walks up the stairs and he's like, oh. So he figured it out right. finally at the end. But what was really funny was the, the setup for it was really good, too, because at the beginning, you know how Phil is like such a geek and he loves all his gadgets and everything. At the beginning, he was playing with his iPad being used as a remote to like turn on and off all this stuff in the house. And you know how like Phil like never quite gets anything right. So at one point, you know, when they're at his house, Matthew Broderick's character is, you know, says, you know, I, I just got to ask you, is is this? And while he's doing that, Phil is playing around with the iPad and he hits a button and turns on everything. So the fireplace, <laughs> the fireplace comes on, the lights music. dim down, and all this this like Barry White music comes on, and Matthew Broderick's like, okay, it is. So it was really funny because he wasn't really sure if it was supposed to be a date. And right. obviously Phil didn't think it was. But um, but it was really funny how Phil's like geekiness just kind of like played right into what this guy was hoping or expecting would happen or right. whatever. Um so it was it was pretty funny. It's pretty funny. And then the other storyline uh, with um, with Claire was that she was at a like some some it wasn't like a spelling bee it was just like a smart kid contest right. that uh, Alex always wins and Alex like blew it on the first question and lost and it was the whole thing about Claire being one of those moms that like is living vicariously through her daughter which is odd because you know have you heard all the stuff going on with that girl's real mom in real life no I don't even she know. she is trying to what's it called when you emancipate right. Because her mom is a total stage mom and apparently abusive. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's been all over the news. It's really like, it's scary. I feel so sorry for this little yeah. girl. But, you know, the, the the really scary thing is I think that happens in, in way more, more not, right? yeah, way more situations than um, we're aware of even. Yeah. I was reading some, like, 
some people who work on the set of Modern Family saying that like they they've wanted to ban the mom from the set because she's like just a little too she'll have say in what her daughter has to say or what her daughter right. wears and right it's terrible because that little girl I mean she's very talented and like yeah yeah you just feel you know, bad I mean yeah. feel bad for any kid whose parents are like that um uh but you know there's two sides to every story <laughs> the uh and, and then the and then the I guess it was the previous week. Um, was an episode where Haley got arrested. Oh, that was fun, yeah. Because <laughs> she was at a party where people were drinking, and she was trying to run away from the cops, and she fell off the balcony onto a cop, and he got injured, and so they arrested her for, you know, for, uh, what was it? Um, assaulting an officer. Yeah, assaulting an officer, that. right. And so, you know, everyone had to get up at 3 in the morning to go get her out of jail, and she was just acting like it was no big deal. And so, like, Phil, you know, stepped up and was really firm with her about, you know, how she screwed up and how she had to make good and everything. And um, and I was surprised that she actually ends up getting expelled. And they have to, like, take her out of college and take her back home, which I thought was kind of funny. It's good. Uh, It's the return of Dylan. Yeah. Oh, you think so? Is he coming back? (laughs) I think he's a really funny character. Yeah. And I like Haley's character. You know, that actress is, it's so weird because, you know, she's on those Olive Garden commercials too. Uh And she looks like she's literally like 15, 16 years old. She's like 24 or something like that. And um, has probably the biggest eyes in the entire world. She's really funny too. I've seen her on some talk shows. Oh yeah. She's really like personable and funny. Yeah. Speaking of funny and television, I watched uh, an episode, a recent episode of Saturday Night Live last night and- Oh, wait, I shouldn't be talking about funny in television. Never mind. What? Because it was so not funny. It was terrible. It was the episode where uh, Anne Hathaway hosted. There was a couple funny skits in there. Barely. That McDonald's skit, I think, is really That McDonald's skit was terrible. It was terrible. All it was was two characters insulting a bunch of people. I thought it was was hysterical just because I see that kind of stuff go on at work. So it just, in fact, people at work, we've all been like quoting it at work. Oh, I thought it was not funny at all. Well, see, that just shows that yeah. humor is subjective. That's true. Like everything. Um, yeah, I, I did. And, and like the opening scene was like the scene of Mitt Romney and his family on a balcony. And it's like there was nothing funny about it. Yeah. The, like usually you can't, the opening oh, you can't scene, open with something terrible. No, it, they always open with something terrible. It's always political and it's usually never funny. The only thing that's consistently funny on that show is the news. The news, basically. yeah. The news has got it down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's almost always funny. Yeah. And that new girl, Cecily Strong, is that her name? Who does the- She the heavy set girl or the skinnier girl? No, the skinnier girl, the girl you wish you hadn't started a conversation with at a party. <laughs> that character is funny. <laughs> that character is really funny. Um, but uh, but yeah, the uh, Anne Hathaway thing didn't do it for me. In fact, it was so boring that I fell asleep and missed both of the musical numbers. Oh, darn. Um. So anyway- what else? Uh, uh, revenge. I'd like to talk about revenge. Okay. You know what? Let's talk about revenge later. Okay. Uh, New Girl has still been very funny. Um, the Halloween episode was hilarious. Did you see that one? I think so. Where she was working at the haunted house. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> and and uh, what's his name was trying to break up. Um, you know his ex girlfriend and and her new boyfriend and stuff like that. And and they have carried that storyline forward in this one. Does he, don't you think that guy kind of looks like a Geeky or Todd? Which guy? The guy who plays her boyfriend. Schmidt? Oh. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know what you're saying. There's uh, there's similarities. certain similarities. Yeah. yeah. They don't really look alike, but there's something right. similar about them. Yeah. Um, 
Ben and Kate is also really funny. I really look forward I to go that back show. And watch a couple episodes. Of that. Yeah, I really look forward to that His show. His teeth are too distracting, though. He actually made a joke about that in this episode, um, because the guy who played the Finder, who you don't like, he plays uh, her new neighbor, and he's also a single parent, and he's like just a really nice guy, but not like the the guy you were just talking about on New Girl that you know looks like right. Todd kind of, not like that sappy, dopey kind of nice. He's just like a genuinely nice guy. You know, and um, and so she, you know, Kate likes him and Ben was like, you know, making jokes about him is like, you sure you want to be with this guy with his white straight teeth and his, you know, niceness <laughs> and his, you know, he's just like ripping on him for all this stuff that's actually really good, you know, but um, but yeah, he actually made a joke about that. But you that want- show is really fun and funny and sweet. That girl, I think the actress's name is Lucy Punch, who plays the the girl who's Kate's friend who works with her at the bar, the mm-hmm. British girl. Oh my God, she's hilarious. Hilarious. But uh, that's a really good show too. You so want to talk about Top Chef. Uh, you know, I've only seen the first episode, which was the four mentor judges: Tom, Emeril, um, Wolfgang, and Hugh Atchison. They do it like a mentor judge thing, though. Well, I I, I can't really figure it out. I mean, I've only so seen that different. first episode. Well, didn't they do this last year too, where each one of those people, each one of the like judge people, ha- took a bunch of people and had them do something and decided which one of them are going to get. Chef Coats, or am I thinking of yeah. something no, else? No, they did. They did. There was like, yeah. So they did the same thing. One thing that I think is really weird not, about it. It's not like The Voice, though, where they have teams or anything, right? Well, I don't know, because we haven't seen the rest oh. of the, we haven't seen anything yet. But Because I did, like I said, I missed last night. But don't you think it's weird that they picked four men? Why wouldn't there be any women chef right. judge people? I don't get that. Don't They've know. had so many on the show, right. and, you know, on Masters, and people who I'm sure they could have gotten to come back. Um, I will say I don't know anything about him in real life, but on the show, Wolfgang Puck, Puck seems like a really nice guy, like very friendly. Have you ever heard stories? Yeah, I've waited on him. It's very yeah. nice. When Wait I lived on. in LA. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. His wife is a nut job. <laughs> no, but I don't, he seems they're together anymore. But at the time, he seemed really nice. He was telling yeah, like little no, stories about nice. when he got started and how he how badly he screwed up. And he's also not one of these because chefs can be very egocentric, and I'm sure he's got some of that. But it never comes off in when he's sitting down to a meal. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I respect people for keeping their for keeping Niceness. their uh, humanity, for, for being, you know, courteous to others. Right, and he's yeah. been he's probably one of the earliest celebrity chefs. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, so it started way before the whole trend that's going on now. Um, so, um, so you know, they 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 each had somebody like he had people make an omelet, and Emerald, you know, had people do this. Uh, he had people make a soup. You know, because he thinks that's the most basic thing, and he often judges a restaurant by its soup. And so, you know, Tom did his thing, and Hugh did his thing. And so they, um, and so after they, the people in each group did that one thing, they decided which one of them was going to get a chef's coat and go on to Seattle, and who wasn't. So I don't know if there was more of that last night, or if or if those are the final people, and now they just start in on the competition. I have them recorded, so I'll check them out. Yeah. But I was very upset that Padma wasn't really on that episode, which made me sad. <laughs> it's my favorite thing about that show. That and just looking at the food, you know, sometimes it makes you drool and salivate. Uh, anything else? Got some miscellaneous here. Go for the misc. Ready for the miscellaneous? Go for the misc. Uh, the Beverly Hills Cop Show we previously reported on has found its lead. Brandon T. Jackson, who is best known for his role in Tropic Thunder, will play Axel Foley's son, Aaron. Now, I have not seen Tropic Thunder still, so I don't know who that is necessarily. Um I don't. I haven't really seen him in anything else. And to be honest, I don't really remember him from that movie either. Yeah. Um, because the main African American character in Tropic Thunder was Robert Downey Jr. Yes. Right. Uh, I wonder who if they're going to address who his mother was. 
Like if it was going to be, well, I don't know. I'm you know, sure what's her name from the first movie or what's her name from the second movie. I don't think I ever saw the third one. Did you? I'm sure. Really? Because the second one was actually really good too. Wasn't bad. That's the one with Jeet, right? Yeah, with Jeet. And Jurgen Prokno. Um, or however you say his name. All right. Britney Spears has already announced that she will appear in another season of X Factor. There you go. Do you think American Idol is going to be totally terrible this year? Uh, I don't know. With the new judges? Because, I, I mean, J-Lo was... I just was... hope there's not created drama just to boost... Yeah, J-Lo was su- such a good judge. Yeah. I mean, she actually contributed so much to that show. We'll see, because and I... And w- she was easy on the peepers. <laughs> We'll see, because I wouldn't have guessed before that started that she would have been, and then she turned mm-hmm. out to be one of the best ever. Right. I mean, so, the best ever. So we'll ever. see. Uh, we I can't mean, really, I mean, we can't Simon, judge the judges until they start judging. Simon was funnier, but she you was- can quote me on uh, Okay. <laughs> I don't think anyone will, but thank you for the permission. Um, I mean, Simon was funnier a lot of times. You know, I, you, can't, you can't ever top him saying, he looks like a bush baby. <laughs> you can't top that. And then cutaways to the guy who did look remarkably like a bush baby, but um, but she was the best judge by far on that that's ever been on that show. Yeah. Um, and it just it just seems like I can't imagine that the new people would. Be, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. Uh, Billy D. Williams will appear in an episode of Modern Family. You know, he was. We just saw him in an episode recently of um, White Collar, uh-huh. and uh, he didn't look like Lando no more. No, no. He's he's he's. I a... once met him in person, and he was wearing a kimono. I guess you'd call it. Yeah, he was wearing a robe. Yeah, basically, <laughs> like in public. Did he seem kind of greasy? Because he seemed a little greasy a little, on yeah. on white collar. Just he was big like... too. Yeah, he's big. Like he's really he's big. Yeah. He's big now. Big man, big man. Um, Nashville has received. Did you ask him to say, "Well, you no good son of a. You got a lot of nerve coming back here after no. what you pulled." No, he wasn't friendly. Actually, yeah, he doesn't seem like he would be. No. He seems like he would have a lot of tude. Um, Nashville has received a full season pickup, but so has Chicago Fire. And yet Revolution <laughs> is going to be canceled? Come on. Oh, the future is not so bright for ABC's Revolution, <laughs> whose ratings continue to slide with each new episode. They say it's, it's close. Tanking. Yeah. It's on the bubble. And finally, reality television will sink just a little lower when Amish Mafia debuts. <laughs> on the Discovery Channel. <laughs> on the Discovery Channel, channel in December. Not even on VH1? Amish Mafia. What does that even mean? I don't know, but I is can't Is that wait. even possible? Can't wait. That is so strange. There's also some reality show. I saw this on uh, on TV this morning. A new reality show following this 76 year old cougar. It's just about her dating life and how she dates. Like I don't think I can listen to guys this in her twenties. <laughs> so, who would date her? Come on. And her name is Hattie Weiner. <laughs> Seriously, who that that is such BS. Who would date her? Well, if there's a show revolved around her, that's, but that's why what they I date mean. Her, yeah. Nobody would date her in real life, so it's it, this the whole all the situations are completely manufactured because there's that's a show. That's reality television. All reality shows are not that really. Way. Well, I mean the ones that just follow people around. Yeah, not yeah. the competition right, shows, right, right, right. but like any of those housewife shows. Yeah, I don't. All setups. Never seen any of those. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to talk about one more thing. Um, I was really bored last night, and I watched an episode of Undercover Boss mm-hmm. that was the guy who owns and runs the Tilted Kilt. Okay. I, that show has to be completely staged. Well, not necessarily staged, but they obviously very carefully pick the people who the undercover boss is yes. going to work oh, with. Oh, absolutely. Because everyone's got a story. Right. Everyone's right. got a story. That can't possibly be true. 
That everyone's got a story. So first there was well, the girl. Well, you know, I believe everyone has a story. Well, but not that kind of story. So first <laughs> there was the girl whose dad is like dying of bladder cancer and she has an autistic son and she's a single mom. And then there was the guy who hasn't received any training and just is overwhelmed because he doesn't know what to do as the head of security for this tilted kilt when people start abusing the girls. And they're, they're, they're all good girls. I mean, they're good girls. They deserve to be treated well. And all they said was, don't hit anybody unless they hit me first. That's all the training he received. Okay? And he had to drop oh, out of- taking away a lot he from had the show. To, he had to drop out of school to take care of his mother and his grandmother, who both had simultaneous back surgery. Okay? Then there's the girl who's, who's she's out of control. She's out of control. She's <laughs> immature. She's irresponsible. And she crosses the line. I would imagine there's a lot of those. Okay. She crosses the line. Nah, I don't think so. Because I've been to the Tilted Kilt and I've never seen anyone acting like her. I mean, she was like get, feeding guys shots and telling like dirty jokes that were so dirty they had to like bleep her out all the time. She's out of control, irresponsible, and immature. <laughs> Okay, she needs to get back on track with her life. She needs to grow up. You know, up. whenever they find whoa, those whoa. people, too, they never fire those people. Did they fire her? No, of course not. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, he gave her tons of cash. Um, so he, <laughs> and then the last guy was the guy who runs the kitchen like a, like a military bunker, but with a soft fist. He wow. knows how everything should be done. He has a system for everything, and he runs a well-oiled machine with a smile on his face. Every day that he's there, I think you should do the undercover boss blog. He has to. He has to work several jobs to keep his triplets and his other his seven year old triplets and his ten year old son fed. Okay, but he does it with a smile on his face. Everyone got boatloads cash at the end of this episode. (laughs) I mean, he got like fifty grand plus a dream vacation. The girl with the autistic son and the dying dad got fifty thousand dollars. The uh, the guy who had to quit school to take care of his mom got like. 40 or 50 grand and then the the girl who was out of control and immature got like you know 50 bucks to go take care of some business or something <laughs> no she got a lot of money too to like get her ged and because she, of course she dropped out of high school right and um you know but it's like really everybody's got a story the guy you know, everybody has a story you know and it was funny at the beginning of the episode the guy's like you know i'm afraid i'm gonna be recognized because i'm kind of tall he was like literally like seven feet tall it was crazy you don't see a lot of seven foot tall people walking. No, around. and you would imagine that working for a corporation like that, you know a little about the owner, right? Well, they did. I have to admit, they did a great job with his disguise because you know he's an older guy. He's probably in his late sixties, I would think, uh-huh. and he's got you know close cut white hair and a white beard and mustache. And they had him with this kind of like shaggy haircut and like a big bushy brown. You know, and it was brown and this big. I mean, he looked. He literally looked thirty years younger, thirty or forty years younger than he was. Well, maybe not forty, but probably twenty-five or thirty years right. younger, and um, and nobody so now recognized he's him to keep that look. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but it was funny at the beginning. His wife, because his whole family works in the business, and his wife was like, "No, I'm not really worried about him being around the the kilt girls. I mean, come on, let's be honest. He's old enough to be their granddad." <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's got they've got to just like go through and pick the people. One of them oh, though was sure. was at uh, one here in Joliet. Uh-huh. And it was weird in the intro, they said he was going to be at the one in uh, Roselle, and then they never showed it, which was strange. But anyway. Um, what else you got? Is that it? That's, that's, that's it? That's all you got? Uh, you're I ending with Amish Mafia? I think that's enough. You're ending with Amish Mafia? <laughs> all right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about movies. Okay, we're back, and it's time to talk about movies. And, of course, the big thing that we need to talk about right off the bat 
is the 23rd installment of the James Bond franchise, Skyfall, starring Daniel Craig as Bond. James Bond. Daniel Craig talking as Sean, Sean Connery. Connery. <laughs> right. Yes, perhaps I should do this entire segment as Sean Connery. Tell me, what did you think of the film? Um, I thought it was great. Not yes. my favorite Bond film. Um, well, it's not my favorite Bond film of all time by a long shot, but it's not even my favorite of Daniel Craig Bond films. Yeah, I gotta totally disagree with you on that one. Which one did you like best? Casino Royale. Yeah, I thought this was a much, much, much better movie than Casino Royale. I think it's the best Bond movie since The Spy Who Loved Me in 1977. That's a big statement. That is a big statement. I've seen people say it's the best Bond movie since Honor Majesty's Secret Service. I even saw somebody the other day who said, and this was, these were like, you know, media people, not uh, friends of mine. Meat-headed people? Is that what you said? No, not, I said media, not meat-headed. Uh-huh. Who said it was the best Bond movie since Goldfinger, which I definitely don't agree with. But, um, but no, I think it's the best one since The Spy Who Loved Me. Um now, there's been a request by some of our listeners to go into more detail, so we'll go into some detail. Uh, but not all. No, not all. all right. The movie starts off with um, Bond and uh, another- Well, let's not just give away the story. Let's just talk about the elements we want to talk about. You don't want to talk about the story? I mean, we'll discuss the things we want to talk about in the story, but don't just give the synopsis. I'm not. Because... I'm just saying it starts off with him and another agent trying to retrie- uh, retrieve a list of names of undercover agents. So obviously that's a big deal because, you know, they don't want those names to get out there. No. So there are let, – let's talk about some of the things that we loved about the movie. Like wh- what are some of the things you liked about it? Uh, I love the opener. The opening scene was great. Yeah, absolutely. It was great. It was. I also think Javier Bardem deserves at least an Academy Award nomination for this. He was unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the best Bond villains. Absolutely. I mean so great. First of all, it was a personal story, which made it that much better. Right. And he was just such an awesome kind of crazy in this movie. Right. And, um, and and the thing is, he wasn't even really that crazy. He right. was just pissed. Right. You know? And, and so that was kind of great. There were, He had some just brilliant moments. And his, I mean, you totally bought him as that character. Absolutely. Um, he was and, the highlight of the movie for me. He, he was really good. He was really good. Um, but so some of the things I loved about this movie, um, I, I liked a lot of the locations they went. It felt, you know... I did too, but that's one of the issues I have. What? It, other than Istanbul and Shanghai, then the rest of it's just kind of in London, and it. Well, no, that island they're on is cool, but but the. And he parts, was on Macau. He went to Macau. Um, but the parts in London, I don't know. I wanted something a little more. What's the word? Epic. Exotic. Yeah. yeah epic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, this story really centered on MI6 in a lot of ways. So it was kind of hard to get away from London because that's where their headquarters are. Yeah, they could have found a way. Um, but, but I, I mean, they still went to some cool places. Um, I thought the action was really cool. There, there was a scene where Bond is fighting um, a bad guy, and the whole thing is kind of done in silhouette. And that was uh, really cool. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, I liked the Bond girl. I thought she was fantastic. Uh-huh. But there wasn't enough of her in the movie. That's one of the things I was a little disappointed with. There was not enough of her in the film. I agree. Um, I wish there would have been That's more. That's actually of, one of my arguments. Yeah. I, I wish there would have been more of her. But um, but I but I also understand why they didn't need to write her into more of the movie right. than they wrote her into. Um, 
But there were so many cool things about this movie. There were a lot of references to other Bond movies, like especially classic Bond movies. Yeah, and now see someone who's not a huge Bond fan like you are. Right, they like, wouldn't get I, that. It's lost on me. Yeah, right. Like so were, for that, I understand your excitement. Yeah, but it it you know it doesn't work for everyone. And and it wasn't it wasn't like you know how there were definitely things in let's say the new Star Wars trilogy where you knew that Lucas was just pandering to the masses. Right. This was not that kind of stuff. These were like. These were really cool nods to to classic elements of Bond films um, that didn't make it cheesy or like right. a jumping the shark kind of moment. They were they were like cool little moments and some really really cool little details. Um, but there was a little bit more humor in this than in the past two. Yeah, but there was some really bad humor. Bad. I mean, where they're trying to be funny and it's not. Like, give me an example. Okay, the part where. Uh... This is out of context, so it's not ruining anything for anyone. The part where he gets out of the water, he's fighting someone in the water, and he gets out, and, and they're like, where have you been? Where did it took you so long? And he's like, I was in some deep water. That's not funny. He was in deep water. I don't even know if I remember that part. Yeah, that was his line. Like, really? You couldn't come up with anything like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Some of it was just bad. Some of it was good. Some of it was good. But right. some of it was like, I think we're at a point now with that franchise yeah. where we don't need the like, uh the the you know the dumb one liners yeah. and I think that I think they're done on purpose just because it kind of like they've well, always well they they some of them that. definitely I mean especially the Roger Moore years there there was right, a lot of right. intentional <laughs> camp right you know what I mean but um but uh, I I think there was maybe one line of dialogue like that that I was surprised that made it in but again it it's kind of part of the territory with Bond movies and you know he's you know, his character and, and the way that Craig plays him, he's just kind of like, he just kind of doesn't care about a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's kind of irritated and annoyed and, and angry about a lot of things in general. And, and you know, that's, I know that's, the, I've never read the books, but I know that's the way he was written also um, in the books originally. But, um, but one of the great things about this movie to me was there's this concept of resurrection and rebirth in this movie that plays on so many levels. It plays with Bond on a personal level. It plays with MI6 on some levels. It plays on the franchise as a whole yeah. uh, on another level. And I really appreciated that. And at the very end of the movie, you realize that Bond is like, okay, I want to do this again. Like now, you know what? I'm, I'm back in the game. Right. And, um, and I loved that aspect of this movie. There were some cool things about... Um, you know, there there was this moment where uh, there's some old stuff that's brought into the movie and the way that they brought it back in and the way that it was used, I thought was really clever and kind of fun. And there were jokes made about that, too. And, and I liked those jokes. Um, but there was some there was some great casting. There was uh, not only Javier Bardem and the woman who played um, uh, Severin, who was the Bond girl. Uh, but uh, Ray Fiennes plays like a government guy in in, you know, in London who's you know, kind of a pain in the neck, and he was good. Um, the guy, uh, Ben Wishaw, is right. that his name? Who was in Cloud Atlas and fantastic in that, is the new Q in um, in this movie, and I, I liked him as Q. You know, it, it was interesting. One of, the, um, one of the things that, one of the criticisms that's been leveled against Bond movies really for quite a number of years now is, is Bond really still relevant now that there's no more Cold War? And that theme was interestingly also central to the story. And what was great about it was they answered it in a way that totally makes sense and makes Bond totally relevant, which was really cool. 
So, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, I was just really, really happy with it and really excited about where they're going to go with the franchise mm-hmm. after this now. Um, you know, I, I'm actually fine with even a little bit more in terms of like some of the crazy gadgets and stuff, especially when we see Q working on them in the lab and not necessarily like out in the field. Like again, Spy Who Loved Me was a great example of, of some of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, when they were walking through the lab, there were all these like crazy things that they were working on that were ridiculous and you never see Bond use them, but it's still cool to see, you know, the kind of things that they're doing. Um, and and I also am okay with like the secret underground layers of the bad guys and stuff like that. So I don't mind if they take it a little bit more into that fantastical realm. Um, and what's kind of interesting too, and this kind of goes back to the the relevance of Bond, but if you think about it, some of the early Bonds were kind of ahead of their time in the sense that a lot of the villains that they dealt with, like Smirsh and Spectre, were were not a country or a nation or a, right. a, a Cold War enemy, but a f- sort of faceless nomadic villain that had an agenda without a home. Right. And, you know, we're, we're in that situation in reality now in, in our current, you know, um, you know, environment of terrorism and, and all that sort of thing. So, so, so it's kind of cool how bond has become more relevant in that sense, um, you know, over the last few years, but anyway. Uh, okay. So what else have you said? That's the only thing I've seen lately. Uh, I just want to say one thing. I, I think the reason it didn't push it over for me, uh, my my two gripes about it too much, Judy Dench. I just felt her character without giving more of the story away. Uh, I didn't care enough about her, so like, you know, I understand that she's important to the MI6, but you know, I didn't I I didn't sympathize with her. Yeah, you know, M is a funny character because in most Bond movies, M has very little to do with the story. And because they cast Judy Dench as M since the Pierce Brosnan days, you know, they've tried to use her as much as possible. Well, here she's but in she, half the movie. Right. I mean, uh, you know, she's in a lot of the movie. But, but you know, so it, so that whole concept is a departure for that character in general. Because right. um, he never really cared about M in any of the old movies. He was just the guy that Bond would go in to get his, his work from. Right. You know, so again, I think because they cast Judy Dench as M, they tried to use her more um, and... It's gotten to be more and more as the as the movies have gone on right. since she was first cast, um, and yeah, she's in this movie really from beginning to end. I mean, right. she's she's a central character in the story. I also think the 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 scene at the end, I thought it was a little over the top without being suspenseful. You know what I mean? There was suspense in that opening scene that I didn't feel at, at in the end scene. Um, are you talking about not the very end, but the last big? Right. sequence right right right, right. Um, I could definitely understand it why you say that it was that. a little too 2012 for me with uh, with you know I could too def- many explosions yeah too much but there wasn't any suspense in that scene really I I, uh, I except, could understand why you'd except say except for one little part of it yeah the yeah. part with the ice um, that and and I and I think the part the the part after that in when they got to their next destination right I think, um, but, but was maybe pretty for me that scene just kind of like I, it, it, there was too much going on there without. Well, well, you know what? You know what? I think might have made that whole sequence better. That they, they were. It has to do with the good guys being inside a building and the bad guys being outside a building. Right. And um, there was really there was really never any breach. So if stuff had happened in close quarters inside the building more, I think it would have been more Absolutely. dramatic. So I definitely understand why you would say yeah. that, but. Um, but I, I didn't. Really but overall, mind. I loved it. I yeah. thought it was great. I didn't it really just, mind it. It just wasn't. 
I, to be honest, I expected to like it a little more. Yeah, see, I, I felt it was so much better than both of the last two. And really, like I said, going back 35 years, really. Um, I th- Casino Royale was a good movie, but it was like way too serious for me. Um, and, you know, took itself too seriously in ways yeah. that I That might didn't... be one of the reasons why I like it. Yeah. You and I differ on that right. in a lot of ways. Right, like, right. You want a little more of the humor, and sometimes I think it doesn't yeah. have a place. Right. And see, in, in a Bond movie, I think it has a place. Now, if they, yeah. you know, put that but kind of- But you're looking at it as a Bond movie, whereas I'm just looking at it as, as, a, as I, a movie in general. As a movie. Right. Right. You know, if they, if they did that in a Star Wars movie, I wouldn't be happy with it, because to me, that's not part of what makes that, you know, those movies great. Right. You know, it, it, it depends. But since- since Bond has always, you know, fired off these kind of cheesy one-liners, you know, after killing people and stuff like that, right. you know, to me that's part of his character and the and the overall vibe of the movie. Um, but I, but I totally understand what you're saying. I mean, that's definitely a perf- personal preference, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who think that Timothy Dalton was the best Bond ever because he was the most like the, the written character, uh-huh. where he he like hated his job. You know, he was hoping that he would do something that was so over the top that they would fire him, which I always, whenever I hear that, I always think that's kind of ridiculous because, really, how hard would the best spy in the world have to try to do something so over the top that he would get fired? Right. You know what I mean? Um, but, uh, but I just, you know, he just didn't feel like Bond to me, and and the stories really like. I mean, I I actually enjoyed Moonraker as ridiculous as that movie was. I enjoyed it from an entertainment standpoint. I haven't really liked the story of any Bond movie since then until this one. Like I felt this felt much more like a traditional Bond right. movie story to me, and that's why I enjoyed it so much. So, uh, very curious to hear what all of you who have seen it thought about it, though. So please write in uh, on our Facebook page and and. Weren't let you us kind know. of bothered by there's there's one scene where a, a train crashes, and there was no one on the train. I was I was a little annoyed with that. Yeah, yeah. There was no reason to not have anybody on the right, train. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I noticed that because I kept looking in the windows. I'm like, no, there's nobody there. There's nobody there. Right. There's nobody there. There's nobody there. There's nobody there. Um, but uh, but but otherwise. Especially when in the other scene, it's completely packed. Right. Right. So I mean, it wasn't necessarily the same train. No. No, I'm saying, but like. Right, right. I know what you're saying, though. But I, at but the, I, at I the was, exact same time of day, one is completely packed and one is completely empty. And I was very conscious of that when it was happening. I was a little disappointed by that, right. but, you know. I mean, it, so much had already happened by that point in the movie that there was no reason not to kill all those people on the train. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Right. Um, okay, what other stuff would you like to talk about? I also saw Argo. Oh, which, I want to see that. Oh, uh, it was so good. You know, I said last time that uh, Cloud Atlas was my favorite movie of the year. Yeah. This, I'd say, so far for me, is the best movie of the year. Yeah. So maybe not your favorite, but you think is the best right. made most yes. well created yes. film. In fact, my only I only have one complaint about the movie. Yeah. Ben Affleck. Well, I know you don't like his acting. No, no, but this character he's playing, I mean, I assume that's how he pl- you know, intended to play it, but he's so cold and so emotionless and so like he's just so wooden as this character. Yeah. I mean, that might just be his acting. I don't know if it's just his acting. I mean, if that's the way he wanted to play the character, I think he should have put a little personality or or well some some emotion into it just so we knew that's what he was doing because it really just comes across because the rest of the acting across the board is fantastic yeah um he just stands out as like being really uh, it's just cold there's no emotion to him whatsoever yeah 
Well, I don't know. I have to see it. But, but I mean, his direction. I mean, the movie. Oh, he did he direct it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh my God, it's amazing. And they really, uh, even down to the, at the very beginning when they, sh- it's all it's all made like a movie from that time. Like it's sort of a docudrama kind of thing, almost. Um. No, I mean, it's made like a 70s movie, just the grain and okay. the colors. Oh, I love that. And even at the very beginning when it shows, like very, very beginning when it shows the Warner Brothers logo, it's the 70s Warner Brothers Oh, that's logo. cool. Yeah. I like that. You know, the really like yeah. the, the orange one with yeah. the circles. If you, seriously, people, and many of you will have already seen this, but if you want to see a master class in cinematography and like one of my favorite looks to a movie, just watch Close Encounters. Like, the, watch the scenes in India, you know, watch the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark, the scenes, you know, at, in the in the movie's prologue, and then when they're back at his house, you know, after his classroom. You know, just watch some of these older movies that were shot in the late 70s, early 80s. And, I mean, that to me was like the golden era of cinematography when stuff just looked so beautiful, but it didn't look manufactured. Right. You right. know, it looked like it looked like you were seeing the most beautiful way to see what you were looking at naturally. And um, and I just love that. So when people do that, and if, if it's successful, you know, I, I'm really into that when I see that in movies. Um, you know, I, I thought uh, I thought that. Um, oh God, now I'm not going to be able to remember the name of it. What was the Spielberg movie about the Olympics? Um, Munich. Munich. Yeah, that was another movie that did that kind of thing really well, and another Daniel Craig movie. Um, and uh, so I'm, I, and I've heard this also about Argo. So I'm really looking forward to it from that point of view. Yeah. Not even so much that it's was it the seventies or eighties? Uh, I thought it was, it the, was the 80s. I thought it was the eighties because seventy. It, the, no, it's 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 like seventy nine. Really? Yeah, the movie starts in seventy nine. I think it was within that year. Because doesn't somebody make a joke about using an effect that was done in the latest Schwarzenegger movie? No. No. Are you sure? Positive. That's in one of the trailers. that's on TV. I think you missed I mean, the that. whole story ends in like 1980. There's really? Like, yeah. God, that's so weird. I swear there's a scene where, because they're, because, you know, they're pretending to be a movie crew. And I swear there's a scene where a guy says, yeah, that's the same thing they did in the latest Schwarzenegger movie or something like that. Was Schwarzenegger in a movie? And no, that's what, that's what I'm saying. No, that's why. Then there's no way. Oh, okay. Um, in fact, this movie they're making, it's really cool but at the time that they're making this movie. It's, uh, it's because they're making a sci fi movie because it's, it, it's based on Star Wars. Okay. So there's a lot of talk about Star Wars. There's a lot of really great, even like the little kid's room is just all Star Wars out yeah. with all the figures and like, yeah. it's just the attention to detail is fantastic. And I have to say the last half hour of the movie, even though you know going in what happens in this movie, right. is one of the most tense half hours of a movie ever. Yeah. It's so and I, and I have to say I love these kind of like political pseudo military you know dramatizations of of real life events because uh-huh. they are like usually I mean obviously they're going to take some creative liberties with and they did take a lot because I went online to to, to hear see, about the real story compare, yeah and they took a lot of liberty but but, but still but it's, it's like, entertaining it, it's they're like such great stories because yeah. like you can't believe that this stuff actually happened right. I mean even the fact that they posed as a movie crew to go in and rescue these people right. is just like it's unbelievable that right. the government would do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's fantastic. I, I other than uh, Affleck's acting, which yeah. I can't even really get mad at because you know he's the director and it was his choice fantastic. to do that. So yeah, yeah. right, right. But, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing. That. Highly recommend. Cool. Um, for my classic film project, I saw a couple movies. I saw uh, Three Coins in the Fountain, which is from like 1952. I want to say okay, early 50s. Um, 
I only watch it because it takes place in Rome. And uh, it's about three women, three American women who find themselves in Rome. Like one goes there to work and the other two are, have already been working there, but it's on like a work exchange program. Right. So uh, they, of course, throw coins in the fountain and dream of, you know, getting married, blah, blah, blah. It's, you know, it's back. It's a, it's a typical 50s movie where the woman's whole goal is to to catch a man. Right. And then in this movie, they do some like shady things to catch a man. Right. It's just, it's amazing how different, you know. How times have changed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's really, it's, it's really from a woman's stand. I mean, if a woman was watching that movie, I, I would imagine she'd be offended by it, just how they portray the women in these movies. If she was watching it today or if she was watching it Watching it, it today. Then. Yeah. Yeah. No, back then. I mean, I'm sure that that's just. Well, what I don't the, know. I mean, I mean, you'd have to be kind of a weird sort of stick in the mud to be offended by it. I mean, it was the, it was the, it's a sign of time. Well, no, no, right. But I'm just saying it, it's, but it shows them in a, like a very simple and, and manipulative way, right? Where their only goal is to nab the man who's got the money and sure, and, and then they're set for life, right? Right. I mean, that's it's what the whole goal of this movie is. Yeah, and even but, though that's still true in a lot of cases, there's still a lot of women who. Would, but this is how it's portraying right, all the women. Right, 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 right. I'm saying even though that's there are still people like that, right. they don't want to admit it in that kind of simplistic sense because you know. You, yeah, but I mean, in those cases, it's usually one or two, and it's right. not here. It's stating that all women are this way. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I will say, I mean, they show some gorgeous parts of Rome. And, you know, Rome hasn't changed from then, even though yeah. it's 50 years ago, 60 years ago. Yeah. Rome is still the same. I mean, there are some things where you're like, oh, come on. Like, there's one part where they're at the Trevi Fountain and then what, these three women. And then there's one part where they're on the Spanish Steps and they're the only people there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know what, though? Uh, I don't think that's totally unreasonable for that time period because my family was in Rome in 19. It was between 78 and 80. Somewhere right around then. And um, and when we were at the Coliseum, I think we were the only ones there. Wow. I think there might have been like one other couple like across the Coliseum from us. Because oh. you could go, I don't know if it's this way now, but you could go in and walk around in it and stuff like that. And You can, but yeah. you, you need to buy tickets. And yeah. Go. I mean, there was literally us and like another couple across the Coliseum and that was it. Um, so I, I don't know, especially back then, because, you know, we we um, a few years back for my dad's birthday, we found some old films that his family had taken, mm-hmm. um, you know, like old eight millimeter films. And we transferred them to DVD for him. And there were shots of people in his family walking around Rome and there was like nobody else. That's in the crazy. Scene. Yeah. Yeah. That's really crazy. Yeah. Um, speaking of Italian, I also watched I've been picking up a lot of Blu-rays. If they're inexpensive, I pick them up if they have yeah. Italian tracks. Right. Like, you know, subtitle and audio. And uh, so I picked up The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. And first of all, to watch that movie in blue, so I could watch it in Italian. So I watched sure. it in Italian. Right. Um, interesting that the word for lollipop is lecca lecca. Sure. And the word for lullaby is nina nana. Nina nana. <laughs> but um, nina nana. It's really interesting to watch that movie on Blu-ray because it's really sharp. Uh huh. And uh, and so you can really see. Can you see some the, of the fakery movie of it? Yeah. 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 But it doesn't detract from it. Right. It's just, actually, I'm more marveled by it's it. Because you, you look at, when, when did that come out? 39 or Yeah, it was 41? like, it, wasn't it the first major movie that was color? Or something like that? that? I don't know. They were, I, I, I think the story that I heard was they wanted to make the whole movie in color, but they couldn't afford to, and that's why they did the beginning and end in black and white or something like oh, that. Oh, I thought that was on purpose. Well, I'm sure it eventually ended up being, so maybe that was just a joke or an urban legend. Thirty nine is when it came out. Yeah. Um, 
It is a little annoying because, you know, they didn't have widescreen then. So, it's, right. you know. And and in fact, I, I know we'll talk about this in a minute, but in the um, in the newest uh, preview for Oz the Great and Powerful, the preview starts out in black and white right. with a, a almost square, right. you know, viewport. And then as it goes into the Oz part, it just all of a sudden becomes color and widescreen, yeah. which I thought was really cool. That's cool. I was looking up, apparently the first widescreen movies didn't come out until 1952, and the reason that they made movies in widescreen was to uh, to make going to the movies, because it was at the onset of television, right? so to make going to the movies a, a different, bigger spectacle. A different, better experience, yeah. 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 Well, and you have to remember, too, the first TVs were, the screen was round, so the picture didn't really need to be anything other than square, right? you know? Um, but uh, did it say in there? Actually, while you're talking about stuff, let me look something up on there, if you don't mind. Thank you. It's on IMDb. Oh, okay. Uh, but I'm done talking. I could go to miscellaneous. Yeah, go to miscellaneous. Well, the first thing is uh, we were going to talk about Disney acquiring Lucasfilms. And- we got to do that. It's craziness. It's just, I, I remember, you know, and again, Tony said this happened right after we did the last podcast. He sent me a text message, and it just said, no way, and a link to the article. And it's like I almost couldn't believe it that it was true. So, you know, of course, the big debate that rages on for Star Wars fans is will they fix it or will they make it more worser? And what do you think? Uh, well, I don't think they can make it worser. Right. I agree with that. Did you read the article that said that uh, there are certain things they can't do? Like they can't release the original trilogy. What? They can't. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'll show you the article. That is so not cool because that's one of the things that I was really hoping yeah, they would know. do. They're not going to. Oh my God, that's terrible! That's terrible. Um, a couple things. They, uh, well, first of all, I have a girlfriend that went like shortly after that announcement, maybe like a week or two after that announcement, just like last week. She had uh, gone with her family to Disney World. Okay, everything at Disney World right now is Star Wars. Really? She's like, it's unbelievable. Like, when did they have the time to fill all the gift shops with everything Star Wars? Well, they'd obviously been planning this for a while. That's for crazy, a though. long while. Yeah. Uh. Um, you know, uh, we've probably talked about this or at least touched on it, but, um, you know, Walt Disney World in Florida is 45 square miles. It's the same size as the entire city of San Francisco. Wow. And a lot of that uh, land is, is still unused. And I'm really hoping that they add another park <laughs> to Walt Disney World that's a whole Star Wars theme park. Because, I mean, how cool would it be to stay in, like, you know, a building in Mos Eisley or, you know, right. to get to go through Java's Palace or... That's um, a good idea. You know, there, there's so many, you know, um, you know, a, a Bespin hotel or something that looks right. like it's floating above the ground. Or There's so many cool things that you could do right. and so many cool rides and attractions that you could do there. I mean, really, the sky Jar-Jar's is like... funnel cakes. No, no, there's going to be no Jar Jar, if I have any yeah. say in it. But, you know, I'm really hoping that... Because they've already started working on the next movie. They've already started working on episode seven. seven. Um, and And what I'm hoping is that... There's got to be at least at least one hugely epic space battle because the entire new trilogy had nothing pretty much. Right. Um and the and the series is called Star Wars for crying out loud. You got to have wars among the stars. That's part of the deal. I really hope though I'm reading all this stuff about like the cast of the original like appearing. Yeah. I hope that doesn't happen. If I hope it, it happens far enough. I hate to say this, but if it does happen, sorry Carrie, you got to lose some weight. You got to look <laughs> Somewhat. I really hope it doesn't happen. I hope it take the story takes place just enough time after that that, that they're already gone. That they're already gone. I could see, or that they're old enough that, uh, or that they're so old that other people are playing them. Really? 
Yeah. You wouldn't want them to play themselves no. as their current age? No. Remember when Karen Allen resurfaced yeah. in, in yeah. that Indiana Jones? It was terrible. But the movie was so bad. I mean, the movie was just so yeah, bad. Yeah, but it just was like... I guess, you know, I guess it depends on the writing and the direction. I mean, if they didn't try to play it as, you know, as they were, I want to feel that they've aged and matured and, right. you know. Right. I mean, you got to have Luke in there so he can make a joke about Yoda being right about him not looking as good when he's 900 years old. Come on. You got to do that. But, okay, so I want I want at least one epic space battle. There's got to be some of the sarcastic kind of humor that made the first trilogy feel relatable. Um... I want all the aliens to speak their own languages. I don't want any of this speaking English with a goofy accent stuff. Right. You know what I mean? It's like they got to, I hope they just, you know, look at some of the details that, again, without being pandering, look at some of the things that made the, the original movies as good as they were right. and as enjoyable as they were. Um, so but, still no word on a director. They're still looking over people. A lot of people have turned it down. Like J.J. Abrams, apparently they'd come to him and he's he's like, you know, who wants to take that on? No, no. And he's like, you know, I'm such a huge fan that I would rather just be a fan of it than, you know. That's a good answer. Yeah. That's the answer I gave. No. Um, I like the idea of Brad Bird, but he's working on another sci-fi movie. Right oh, he's now. not going to do it? No. His movie is 1952? Yeah, I yeah. talk about that later. Oh, okay. Um. So anyway, actually, linked to that, I have a uh, George Lucas story that I just read. Uh, like on our break here. Okay. That, uh, it's very interesting. So for 25 years, George Lucas has wanted to build a movie studios on, uh, on his ranch in Marin County. Right. And all Skywalker his, ranch. Right. So all his neighbors were completely against it. So they all like did everything they could so that it would not happen. Oddly enough, his neighbors, the original cast of the star Wars films. <laughs> um, so obviously it's a very affluent community. So they had enough pull that he was never able able to open his uh, studio. Studio. Okay. So what he's doing now is uh, he's like, okay, so since you wanted to stay residential, he is building um, tons and tons of low income housing and putting that on his land. <laughs> That's the ultimate like slab in the face. But, but but here's the thing: they could block that too because even residential. I mean, unless California is totally different than most other places. Even residential has to be specifically zoned either for single-family dwellings or, you know, multifamily dwellings. And well, he's got enough land that I'm sure he can. Right, but I'm saying if they were able to block him in terms of zoning from building a studio, couldn't they block him from building multi low-income no, multifamily sure housing? Different. I mean, it's it's residential. Even though he owns all that land, it's still residential area. Yeah. Is he is he saying he's going to do that, or is he actually doing it? Let me find the article. Well, we'll look at it. Yeah, we'll look break. at it later. Yeah. Um. But uh, but anyway, so going back to the Disney acquiring Star Wars thing, um, did you happen to watch on YouTube that video of the Disney princesses welcoming Princess Leia? Yeah. That was really well done. Yeah. Really well done. Um, and I, I just think that a lot of good can come out of it. Absolutely. I mean, they're going to, you know, Disney is masterful at making money off of all the stuff related to their, you know, on-screen properties. So I'm sure we'll be hit with a, an absolute deluge of Star Wars related merchandise. And that's forget let's not forget that they also now own in partnership with Steven Spielberg, Indiana Jones. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was in the article. Really? Yeah. Oh. That's weird. That doesn't seem like a very Disney move. 
No, it's part me. of Lucasfilm. They got all of Lucasfilms. Oh, that's right. I always forget that that's part of They didn't just buy Star Wars. They bought all of right. Lucasfilms. So right, now they right, have right, all right. the rights to the games right. and the books and the merchandise. I can't believe he specifically barred them from putting out the original trilogy again. That is such a that is such a snaky thing to do on his part. Cause everybody wants those. Right. Everybody who's a fan wants those. Ugh. That's irritating. You know what? I'm gonna put out the original trilogy. I'm gonna get my old uh razor blade and paper tape. <laughs> Make it right. Uh Skyfall broke the record for the highest US opening weekend of a Bond film at nearly eighty eight million dollars. Good for you. Um, Brad Bird's sci-fi project 1952, which many speculated to be a codename for the new Star Wars film, but has since been confirmed as its own thing, will star George Clooney. George Clooney, sure. Is he going to play a regular guy? Uh, he can play a regular guy. Yeah. He's done huge, it He's done it before. I'm a huge fan of the George Clooney. I'm not a huge fan. I think he's a fine actor, but he always, to me, feels like George Clooney playing, uh, playing a part. You should really see The Descendants. Yeah. You wouldn't because it's depressing and... No, no, I do want to see that no at some one point. No dies in it, or no lasers. Does no, no, no what, what, was, oh, what was it again? Lasers? Sharks. Sharks. Spaceships. Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> and or Bigfoot. <laughs> or, uh, and or some derivation of or Nessie. Or <laughs> supernatural beings. No. I hate, are you kidding me? I hate ghosts. Oh, I hate ghosts. I don't like anything having to do with ghosts. ghosts. I, I just Casper. find them so Casper's boring. Bad. An a hole. <laughs> no, but I just find ghost movies and stories to be so boring. They're always to me like exactly the same. The the there are a few exceptions to that. Poltergeist was great, um, but that that's one of the few. Uh, you know, it was really good. Was the others with Nicole Kidman? Did you ever see that? Yeah, that was really good. Was, uh, that was okay. I did see it. Well, you know, I don't like her, but I saw it and I just thought it was okay. I just thought it was okay. I like the Ring, the you know the U.S. one. Oh, that was pretty decent. Um, speaking of horror movies, a Godzilla reboot begins filming in March. What's the point? Uh, Johnny Depp has apparently approached Keith Richards about appearing in another Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Why doesn't he approach us as to whether we want it or not? <laughs> Why he would he make another Pirates he doesn't of the Caribbean? I didn't even see the last one, did you? No. I started watching it and like fell asleep or something. No. Why would you? Why? I don't know. There's no point. Um, David Yates, director of the last four Harry Potter films, is currently working on a live-action Tarzan reboot. His choice to play the lead ro- role is True Blood's Alexander Skarsgård. I like him. Yeah. yeah, I like him. You never you never watched uh, Battleship, did you? No, not yet. I have to do that. Yeah. You reminded me. Yeah. It's a fine film. Um, well, it, it's <laughs> it's interesting in, in terms of him because he plays a completely different kind of character than he plays on True Blood. Right. He's like the level-headed, you know, grounded... You know, good do-gooder brother. Um, you know, it's so weird. I don't even remember ever hearing the name David Yates before. Uh, he directed it. the last four Harry Potter. <laughs> I know, movies. and I've seen all those movies. It's like, really? That was his name? Um, Adam McKay, director of Anchorman and its upcoming sequel, has stated that the new film will feature more musical numbers, including a fully choreographed dance scene. Just what we needed. So there you go. Yep. Um, not just the cast singing Afternoon Delight. <laughs> you saw the first one, didn't you? Yeah. Um, Chris Hemsworth is in talks to appear as Steve McQueen in an upcoming biopic. I'd be down with that. I like him. No. Just don't, uh, just please, no more Thor movies. No. no. Uh, there's more. More oh God. Uh, Mark Wahlberg has been confirmed to star in Transformers 4, which oh, is said to take on. place four years after the last film. Is he playing the same character as, as Shia LaBeouf? Shia LaBeouf. 
Um, Cameron Diaz and Kristen Wiig may appear in a new revenge comedy titled The Other Woman. The uh, So the story here, it's actually pretty funny, is Cameron Diaz starts dating this guy, and she's the other woman. And then she finds out that he's married to Kristen Wiig. Okay. So then the two of them plot against him. Hasn't that been done before? That sounds familiar. Know, but, but with those two, I think yeah, it sounds fun. familiar. I like Cameron Diaz a lot. Yeah, and Kristen Wiig. Yeah, Kristen Wiig. I well, mean, she's, come on. she's very funny. I mean, come on. Come on. Um, Tony Scott's recent suicide has caused Paramount to cancel plans on a Top Gun sequel. Oh, darn. Right. <laughs> oh, I think we saw a preview for some new movie with Tom Cruise. Oh, Jack Reacher. Yes. That, that looked good. good. That looked good. Actually, the guy who directs that, Christopher McQuarrie, is the guy who was just signed yesterday to direct the new Mission Impossible movie. So there you go. So there you go. He'll be working with him again. Um, the but that se- looked good from the preview. Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah. They had another preview for it like a few months ago that was not good. Oh, really? It was really like like just the dialogue was bad. But, oh, okay. But this looked good. Uh, the sequel to The Last Muppet Movie begins filming in January. Okay. Did you ever see the... Last Muppet movie? The most recent one, you mean? Yeah. No. Did you? Uh, no, but I don't have a four-year-old child. Not that you have to to watch a Muppet right. movie, but I would think right. that it you'd, would, probably, you'd get more out of it, probably. Well, I would think, though, that you've probably seen every children's movie. No. Yeah. He's he's not really into that yet. I mean, no. there, there are only a few movies that he'll sit all the way through. Oh. Um, well, then I'll jump ahead to uh, Hotel Transylvania 2 has received a green light. There you go. He liked the first one, right? He did. He did. So there you go. And finally, uh, a movie based on the 80s series MacGyver is currently in the works. It will be a more serious venture than the spoof MacGruber from a couple of years ago. <laughs> did you ever see that? I yes, mean, it's terrible. Really? You actually watched yeah. it? I'm yeah. surprised. Was there somebody actually, in it? Actually, there's some fun. Uh, Kristen Wiig's in it. Oh, that's why you saw there's it. There's a okay. couple funny moments, but overall. I'm sure there are a couple. Most uh, of those terrible yeah. movies have a couple of funny moments, yeah. you know, but... Uh, yeah, it just looked it looked good and terrible. But uh speaking of which, I wouldn't mind seeing another like Eddie Murphy movie where he plays a bunch of characters, you know, like Coming to America. That was a good movie. Or The Clumps. Mm, oh, that's one of those movies. But I said like Coming to America. I didn't say like The Nutty Professor. Cuz I did not think those were good. Um didn't love either, no. I didn't see the second one. I didn't think the first one was I that good. I saw them both, sadly. So the Beverly Hills Cop thing is a TV show? Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Eddie Murphy going to make an appearance? Yes. Oh, he will. Okay. Yes. Just like at the beginning, or is he going to be in the series? Uh, he'll be in episodes uh, on and off. here and there. Yeah. Oh. That's not bad if he's able to pull it off. Um, all right, so that's it for movies? That's it. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about everything else. Okay, we're back, and it's time to talk about everything else on the old mashup. Moosh, moosh, moosh. Foxconn. We all know Foxconn. Moosh, Right? We all, we all know Foxconn. Yeah, they make the Apple stuff. Right, they make the, uh, the iPhones and all that kind of stuff. Foxconn has started the process of deploying a million robots to build iPhones. Really? This comes after years of now-famous reports of horrid working conditions at the Foxconn factories that have resulted in an, a very unfortunate number of suicides, among other things. The robots, called Foxbots, have been specifically designed to take over some of the most dangerous tasks from humans, like testing the camera by taking pictures of your junk. What what part of putting a, together an iPhone is dangerous, I wonder? It's very dangerous. I wish they would have given a list in the article that I read about this, because I, I can't think of... Well, I mean, maybe I'm, they're dealing with a lot of, like... Gases and, and hot... 
chemicals things. or something. I don't yeah. know. Maybe. Um, 10,000 of the robots have already been deployed. Punch press. What? A punch press. You, you don't even know what that is, do you? Yeah. What is it? Punches like holes and things. What holes are there in the iPhone that you need to punch? Well, like, you know, <laughs> the little hole for the camera lens on exactly. the back of the case. I think it's molded that way. Uh, maybe not. You might be right. Maybe you got to drill those out by hand. That would be a horrible job. Um, 10,000 have already been deployed, and another 20,000 will be up and running by the end of the year. The remaining number of Fox bots will be deployed by 2014. So here's the big question that everyone's asking. You know, Apple has gotten a lot of criticism for making the iPhone in China because, you know, China, the reason China has been so successful in terms of why everybody makes everything over there is because the labor's so cheap. But the kind of labor that's done to make the iPhone is not that kind of labor. And, you know, it's all like clean room stuff and and it's they're expensive to make. They're not cheap to make even over there. And so people have often said, well, why don't you just make them here and employ people here rather than employing them in China where you're not saving any money anyway? And so now people are asking that question again, because now that there's not even people involved, why don't you just set up a factory with a bunch of robots here and make them? Then you don't have to ship them halfway across the world and waste all that fuel. You know what I mean? That's a very good point. So maybe rent. Maybe it's rent controlled in China. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I know their air conditioning sucks. Um, in the category of here's just one more reason why Apple products are overpriced. How about this one? Apple paid $21 million for the right to use the likeness of the Swiss Federal Railway clock designed by Hans Hilfiger in 1944. The clock design appears in the iPad's clock app in iOS 6. $21 million so that they could use oh, that. that's nice. Really? Yeah, that's really nice. Are you glad that $21 million was spread into the cost penny. of your iPad? I mean, is that the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard? $21 million <laughs> for the right to use that clock design. Really? You couldn't come up with a nice clock design all on your own. Here's my question. Because you know, you know all the people with an iPad go into the clock app and would have gone, oh my God, this clock is ugly. If only it looked like the Swiss Railway. Why couldn't you have just stolen that and no one would have ever known that? I mean, it's pretty basic. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I not mention that that's exactly what happened and then they got in trouble? Oh. Yeah. So they didn't buy it for 21. They were sued and had to pay 21. They were, the suit was threatened and they they oh. settled. Well, that's not the same as them just going yes, and buying it. Yes, but the company who sues everybody for even eating apples is is has no problem stealing stuff from other people. They're just such a bunch of dirtbags at that company. Um, the new YouTube app for Android allows you to stream YouTube videos from your Android to another Android device or Google TV. So you can load up a YouTube video on your phone and stream it to your Google TV and watch it on your TV and then still surf the web while you're doing that, which is wow. kind of cool. Um, a new Pepsi product called Pepsi Special will go on sale in Japan. The, the new drink includes dextrin, which is supposed to make you feel more full and reduce the amount of fat absorbed by your body. The goal is to let you drink a tasty cola beverage without any of the downsides of doing so, like gaining weight from the carbs in the soda. So so basically, you're going to feel even more full from a soda than you do now. Right. And that'll <laughs> keep you from snacking. Because, you know, a lot of people say that when you drink, um, you know, beverages that have a lot of sugar content, it actually makes you hungrier um, and that you end up, you know, eating more badly and gaining more weight than you would otherwise because... It's actually doing something. Yeah, let's go on to bashing the French here, can we? Sure. The horrible, awful mayor of Paris, France, has submitted a proposal to the city council suggesting that the city ban all cars and utility vehicles 17 years old or older from operating inside the city limits. 
This means no more fabulous old Citroëns or other classic French and European cars inside the city. Trucks older than 18 years old would also be banned, which is not cool, Mr. Mayor. Not cool at all. I mean, the Citroën is, like, iconic. It's part of France. You can't take that away. He's going to right here. Well, he wants to, but a lot of people are saying it's more political posturing than anything else. Ah. So, Uh, this is really neat. Microsoft's chief research officer, Rick Rashid, demoed a pretty amazing speech recognition and synthesis system Microsoft's been working on that acts almost like Star Trek's universal translator. So this guy was speaking to a group in in an auditorium in China, and the whole time he was talking and talking about this system and sort of the history of speech recognition, at the bottom of the big video screen behind him, whatever he was saying was like appearing like in delayed real time behind him. And, And it also showed an accuracy counter. So it was ranging between like 81% and 98%. You know, it would go back and forth. And so at some point he started talking about, you know, how, how this would be really useful if they could get it to actually translate. So then the screen split. And while he was talking, his words would appear in English and then also would appear in, um, I don't know if it was Mandarin or Cantonese, but one of the Chinese. I have an app for that. Do you? No. So... I do. Uh, okay. So as he was doing it, th- so then the next thing was he turned on this other thing, and then as he was talking, he would say a line, and his speech would appear in both English and Chinese on the screen, and then it would speak in Chinese in his voice so that the people in the audience could understand him in their native language, which was really The only cool. thing this won't do that, that you just said is it won't speak in my voice. Yeah, but the thing is, is they're getting it, they're getting it to work so that it would work you know, in a bunch of different languages and speak in your voice. So that you could talk into the thing. and then... I want to pick my voice. Well, you could do that. I'm sure you could pick another voice. But that's really cool. Um, a new theme park in they have South Korea. for that. You're going to love this. A new theme park in South Korea. By the way, the, he specifically mentioned Siri and some other stuff. And the accuracy of this is like way above Siri's thing. Um, a new theme park in South Korea. Well, 80% has... that's like one out of every five words is wrong. Huh? That's not great accuracy. Well, it may not seem like it when you're saying, you know play this song but when you're having an entire conversation that's a half an hour long i don't think siri would be able to handle that i mean what's the longest thing you've ever said that it's understood and reacted to we're correctly? In a fight right now we're not talking huh siri and i are a big fight right now we're not talking see that's exactly my point <laughs> uh, a new theme park in south korea has opened to celebrate the toilets yeah the restroom cultural Toilet park <laughs> the restroom cultural park in suwon south korea features exhibits on the history of toilets different types of modern toilet equipment, and a guide to the most beautiful public toilet facilities in the area, which the mayor of Suwon was instrumental in upgrading. And if that's not enough, there's a gallery of toilet-related fine art and a sculpture garden where the annual Golden Poop Art Festival Come is on. held. This is all that true. That last part you made up. This is all true. All true. You should see the statues. They're like bronze statues of people on different kinds of toilets going to the bathroom. That's pretty cool. Ridiculous. I guess Koreans are, like, obsessed with toilets. Kelsey? Never mind. Uh, I just told a story about how there's a new theme park in Korea that's dedicated to toilets because supposedly Koreans are obsessed with toilets. Ever hear anything about that? Yeah. Uh, Do you like toilets? They're okay. Okay. (laughs) Her official answer is they're okay. (laughs) Uh, HTC's new Droid DNA has the highest resolution screen of any smartphone. The 5-inch screen has a true 1080p resolution with 440 ppi compared with iPhone 5's 326 ppi as an example. The phone will be available from Verizon on November 21st for 199 bucks with a new contract. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about Windows 8 
Um, I think I mentioned before that I thought that there was kind of a steep learning curve. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to take that back. Oh, wow. Well, here's the thing. Corrections department. Yeah. No, it's more of a recanting department. Recanting it's department. It's not really a correction because I didn't make a mistake. I just changed my mind. Oh. Um, you know, really the only big difference is that, I mean, the only big difference that matters is that instead of the start button down at the lower left corner, now you have an entire start screen that scrolls sideways like that modern UI that they've developed is mm-hmm. want to do. And really, that's pretty much it. Uh, you know, that what's cool is on that start screen, it runs a new kind of app that's specifically designed to run in that environment. And if you use those, that's great, and they, they're cool, some of them. And just like anything else, some of the apps are cool, and some of the apps are whatever, and some kind of suck. But if you don't use them, everything else under Windows 8 runs exactly like it did in Windows 7, so it's very easy to use. Um, and I actually kind of like the start screen because it sort of hides away a lot of stuff that you may not use all the time anyway. You can still pin stuff to the taskbar, so the app, the programs that you use all the time, you can still pin down there to get to them quickly. Right. But then the ones that you don't use that much, you just kind of hide away, and then you don't ever have to deal with them until you actually need them. And all you have to do is move your mouse into the lower left corner of the screen. Put your mouse in the house. Right. And the, well, that sounds dirty. <laughs> and the uh, little Windows start screen thing pops up, and you just click on it. and then Put you're your at- mouse in the house okay. and watch it pop up. Ooh, God. <laughs> Um, but anyway, I, uh, I'm actually, I'm actually liking it quite a bit. Yeah. And I, I've, I read something about how some game developers are like mad at Microsoft for things they've done in windows eight. And I can't figure out what those things are because every game that I have runs exactly the same under windows eight as it did in windows seven. So I don't know what the deal is, but anyway, I think it's pretty cool. Um, finally, if you've ever heard a creepy stalker story and thought, gee, I wish somebody would stalk me then I'm happy to tell you that your dreams are about to come true. There's now an iTunes app called, or iOS app, called Watching Cute Girl. For 99 cents, the app displays one of 180 clips of cute girls of an Asian persuasion watching you and making random comments like, just watching you makes me happy. Or, good evening, have you already eaten? Word on the street is that the app was made with tongue firmly in cheek by a Japanese comedian. but That doesn't mean it's not going to sell. You can buy that. No, but I'm going to look it up and see what kind of reviews it's gotten. Let's, before we move on, let's hear all about it. Watching cute girl. Found it. Four bucks? That's expensive. Wait, it said 99 cents. Four bucks. Wow. Oh, maybe on the iPad it's four bucks. Oh, Oh, sure, it's an HD. And it's really called Klakrisa Yoshiki. Okay. What, what kind of reviews are we got, talking about here? No one's reviewed it. Really? Yep. Even with all that coverage? <laughs> no one's reviewed it. Wow. Let's look at some of its screens, though. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd pay four bucks for that, but no. there you go. Um, so that's it for the mashup. That's all we have, uh, which, of course, brings us to the part in the show where we discuss our votes for the best and worst entertainment moments since the last show. Tony, please, I beg of you, give us your worst. Um, I'm hey, going- uh, Tony, uh, could you give us your worst? It's <laughs> my Michael J. Fox impersonation. <laughs> that was good. I got you. that, actually. Thank you. Um, I'm probably going to go with these singing shows just as a whole. Yeah, yeah. Just, I find, I fast forward through probably 85% of the show, and then I get to the, like, 
the performance yeah. and then I usually and fast underwhelmed. forward. I usually listen to a minute of that and fast forward that. Yeah. But for some reason I can't stop myself from watching them. Yeah, I have no problem with that. I have no so, problem stopping uh, myself from watching. I record them, I watch them, but partly. But uh yeah, I not into it. They're just a waste of my time at this point. Yeah. There's too much there's, there's too, too much, much too much fluff, not enough substance I, that's I'm, that's interesting. I think I'm I'm almost at my end with that. Yeah. But I'm not there yet. You're not quite there. Uh, for my worst entertainment moment, um, you know, I finished uh, Dishonored. Yes. And then I went back and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to see if it's really possible to get out of prison without killing anyone or being seen. So I decided I was going to try to get the two achievements. Even in life, that's achievement. Yeah, that is. Yeah. That, that would be a big achievement. Yeah. Um, so I decided to see, you know, I decided to play through the whole game again to get the achievements where you never kill anyone and never get detected. And, you know, it's kind of tricky because you don't know while you're playing an episode necessarily if you've ever been seen or if you've ever killed somebody even. Because even though you may not have specifically killed someone, if you dump them somewhere where rats can get to them and they die, that counts against you. Oh, really? So you have to be really careful about where you leave bodies that you put people oh, that, like in a, in a sleeper yeah. hold where you leave them. You got to be careful. So I got all the way to like the seventh level and... um. On the seventh level, I killed like one guy. And what's what's fine about that is then you can replay the mission. I was gonna say, yeah, you can replay yeah. the mission. I had to replay it four times, and so I finally get past that. I get past the next one without killing anyone, and I get past the end of the game without killing anyone, without ever being seen, and I didn't get the achievements. Why not? Because apparently there's a bug where, and this was really interesting too. The end of the game, parts of the end of the game are totally different if you play the game differently. Oh, when I when I first played the um the game and I was just going around killing people, um I don't remember what happened in this one particular area of level seven, but when I played through without killing anyone, when I got to this area, all of a sudden Granny Rags was there from the beginning of the game, and she was holding this guy captive, and I had to like get rid of her. And again, I didn't kill her; I just put her in a sleeper hold. And then I stole her key, and then she wakes up. She turns into a pile of rats, and she wakes up, and she forms into herself again, and then she sicks a swarm of rats on you. And you have to put her into another sleeper hold, you know, or kill her or whatever, and get another key from her. So and you didn't have to do that at all. I, in the, the first time I played, I never saw any of that. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't think I even went through that area. Wow. Um, so, so I, um, you know, so I put her in a sleeper hold twice, grabbed the keys, got out of there, da-da-da, went through the last two levels. Well, apparently, if you put her in a sleeper hold, that counts as killing her, even though she's standing on the ground snoring. And so then I was screwed. I couldn't go back. And so I even tried to go back in and because then you can start each mission right. at the beginning. So I tr- started from the beginning of level of the seventh level called the Flooded District, which, by the way, is so long. So the fact that I now had to do it six times, I mean, it takes forever to do that level. It's such a huge level. It's got so many different sections and everything. Right. Um, and I still didn't get the achievement. I w- and so I went back and I did it again and then played through the end of the game again, and I still didn't get it. So I was so mad because there's two achievements. There's Ghost and Clean Hands. Uh, clean Hands is like, you know, you never killed anyone throughout the right. game, and Ghost is you were never detected. So I don't even know why I didn't get the Ghost because I had the check mark on every single end of the every level in the game. That's interesting. Oh, my God. And, and I looked online, and a lot of people are complaining about it because a lot of people did the same exact thing. Right. You know, and they specifically wanted you to go back and play it a different way because it really is a different is experience. Is it a bug just with the PC or with all of them? No, it's with all of them as far as I know. Really? Yeah. If you take her down, 
If you put her in a sleeper hold, she will take you down to Chinatown. She will take you down to Chinatown. And it's weird. I'm not even sure what triggers the thing that you're detected because you know when when somebody thinks that they've seen you or thinks they've seen something, they get those little lightning bolts of suspicion yeah. next to their head, and there's like three different levels of them. Right. And after the third one, all of a sudden you hear that, Bring! and then they come after you. Well, apparently you don't trigger it until you hear that. Bring! Because even if because even if they see you sometime you know, or they think that they saw something that doesn't count against the oh that's good you know but um I was so mad because I mean the the counter on my game is like ninety two hours <laughs> and I didn't get the stupid achievement get an achievement for that oh my god it's awful but it is really cool playing without killing anybody because it's so different right. and it's really cool what stuff is is built into the game that lets you do it, you know, that enables you to be able to do that right. stuff. Um, so many, so many ways that. of you know, moving. I'm going to go back to that today, I think. Yeah, so many ways of moving through levels that so I, let's move this along I never would have seen. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, so that was my worst. That's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. See, so you're enjoying a nice, Are you going to go on to your best? Beverage. I'm sitting here waiting for oh, you. Oh, you usually, like, you know, ask me. So what about your best? Ah, my best. <laughs> Uh, I'll make sure I send you an invitation I'm for green lights. I'm going to go with the last episode of Revenge. Revenge? You know, I really thought when Revenge started- More than get... Argo, more than Skyfall, you're going with the last yes. episode of Revenge. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. The initiative is really heavy right now. That's the- uh, That's the. See, there was no initiative in the first- Season. See, the first season is about her getting revenge against this family that ruined her family. Right. So you wonder, why did the family do some of the things they did to her family? You in never the understood place. the reason. Right. Well, now you understand that they're being controlled by the initiative. Okay. So they're like, you know. The, well, right there. Yeah. The, the initiative. That sounds good. <laughs> sounds like a big <laughs> oh, conspiracy. <laughs> sounds like a big conspiracy. And in that sense, it sounds excellent. So now the uh, the initiative has like stepped in and totally the puppet masters of the Graysons. So they re- really have taken the initiative. They Yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. But uh, this last episode was just, it was phenomenal. There were so many surprises and so many, like, tense moments that, like, you just didn't see coming. And, and Is there a lot of action in this show? A lot of action. Yeah. 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 That's what I really like about this show. I mean, it, yes, it is like a nighttime soap. Yeah. But as far as the, the like, romance part of it, minimal. Yeah. I mean, even more so this it's season. It's mostly the, the betrayal season. and it's all betrayal that It's betrayal and it's revenge and it's, like, conspiracies and just like I like it but now it's really like heavy with it yeah. and I have to say I've never been a big fan of Jennifer Jason Lee. yeah but uh, she's been on this season and oh she's been so good because she plays a crazy and you know she's probably a little crazy she's pretty good at bringing the yeah. crazy yeah. yeah that's you know that's like I don't Laura, think she's doing a lot of acting that's like Laura Dern playing a crazy she's right. crazy yeah There's not a lot of acting going on <laughs> but uh oh my god this last episode was by far the best episode ever wow sounds good uh, I don't think it's going to come as a surprise to anyone that my best is Skyfall. What? Just loved it. Are you kidding me? Loved it. <laughs> loved that movie. And seriously, would love to hear what you people thought of it. So uh, chime in on that one. Chime in, please. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you before we end here. Sure. Have you ever played around with Stumble on? Um, years ago when some it was... guy turned me on to it at work, and like it really is addictive. Yeah, I never really found it. There's an app on the iPad that I yeah. really enjoy because you can just just like random. Yeah, everything's random. You pick what you you know what things what you you're like. And what, what's great about it, it's not just suggesting website. It's suggesting you know, just, it'll suggest just like a picture, life choices, or or no, no life choices. None of that. Not yet. Oh, yeah. I should I should look for that. Yeah, life choices. Things may make a little turn here. <laughs> but uh, I love found, to see about that. That's how I found that uh, George Lucas article. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because that's what's great. Most of this stuff is current. 
And uh, just some really cool things like you'd never find, you know. Right. Unless it was just randomly thrown at you. Right. So, Which could be painful. So it's better to find right. it than to have it thrown at you. Right. Right. But uh, I mean, let's be honest. And would the app want, is free. Stumble would you on. Want, would you want George Lucas thrown at you? No. No. no that's too heavy. That, all that hair? No. No. It's way too heavy. It's like a flying Brillo bomb. I really like it because if you press on design, they show you all these cool like modern uh, design whether it's furniture, or yeah. interior design, or yeah, I like I said, I used it years ago, but I haven't used it in a long time. Back to it, it's really yeah, fun. Yeah, well, that's what you keep saying yeah, over it's... and over and over. I mean, I'm trying, I'm trying to <laughs> teach you something here. <laughs> no, I'll check it out. I got no problems with checking something out. Hey, I went back to Angry Birds, which I swore that I'd never play again. Uh, yeah, you really need to get Angry Birds Star Wars. Yeah, it sounds like something I would enjoy. Let me show you this really cool thing that I found on uh, Stumble on. Okay. How cool is that table? I've seen that table That's before. That's totally cool. I've seen that before. It's a table that looks like just paint dripping. It looks like it's floating above the air, and um, but really the legs are what look like paint dripping off the surface of the table and pooling on the ground. But yeah, I've, see, I've seen that Just before. Google paint dripping table. You will I'm be sure amazed. you'll find it. You'll be amazed. Or you'll see a lot of pictures that'll make you confused. One of the two. Anything else you want to go over? Uh, that's all I got. All right, don't forget that you can write to us at, uh, I don't know, what, what, where can they write to us? Just write to us on our Facebook page. And go to iTunes and leave us a review and rating if you enjoyed the show. We hope that you did. And as always, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.